Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. And we're back again in one of the most historic weeks in the entire world of wrestling. I haven't missed you all. No, I missed you all. I did. <laughs> I'm thinking about how crazy the last 24 hours is and how we run off the air with so many questions. Bed, yeah, yeah right. You know, that just be it. You know, that's how we're done. Shut up. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. <laughs> That'd be messed up. But yeah, so much happened. We all went to sleep. I'm sure your heads were spinning thinking about everything that's going on. And uh, mine were absolutely as well. I'm going to get told of that tonight. We're going to talk about what this means for the future of wrestling, how the landscape has changed, what's happened between Adam Cole, CM Punk, and of course, Brian Danison, as well as Ruby Soho. We're going to go into a lot of the differences that have happened in regards to SmackDown, the rebranding of NXT, of course, because that's a big deal as far as who's responsible for that, who's taken over the produ- production, the directing, finances, and everything overall in the world of wrestling. So with that said, shout out to everyone who loves us or hates us across all of the beautiful podcatcher apps, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Podcast Attic, of course, and all other popular places that podcasts are found, as well as those currently listening live over at the video feeds at Facebook.com and Twitch. All links available at TalkBrunch.com. White the week, right? I'm glad we hung in there. We were patient. Yeah. Yeah. No regrets. Yeah. I guess we can start counting someone. I don't know if we should start counting up, out, down, or up. I mean, you know who I started who I started counting out forever ago. I was, I was waiting for you to catch up at this point, so. Yeah, clearly you were. <laughs> clearly you were. All right, well, we got stuff going on. I'm going to go straight into it. We're not going to go into the major stuff here, though. I'm going to go into all the stuff we promised. This wasn't just clickbaity. First, we always have to start off, of course, with the important things, which are fun, funny things, trailers, things to uplift us before we talk about the morbid stuff. So we're going yeah. to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, apparently The Rock's new Netflix, what is this, a movie called yeah, Red Notice? Another movie? Jesus. Yeah, it was Netflix exclusive. You know, Netflix, they, they like to pay for stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. So this is called Red Notice. I guess this is The Rock's new movie that we're going to be checking out here in a minute. Okay. Special Agent John Hartley, FBI. Been tracking your scores for a while now. Every city, every heist. Now that you've been tagged with red notices, you've become the world's most wanted criminals. And I'm the only one who can bring you in. You got the car in this too, huh? Where'd you get that jacket? It's a statement piece. Somewhere there's a very nude cow whispering. Of course, it's over the top, right? And gravity defying has the rock in it. Looking for something specific. Yeah, that You're under arrest. Oh my God! Read the room. Girls will keep the 
You wanna arrest me? Arrest me. I just want the egg. Yeah. Yeah, women empowerment. Help me catch her and I will help you. Teamwork. I can direct you know we get dead. Team, team, team. It feels weird in my mouth. Once again, playing away Wilson, right? My riddles. And Wonder Woman. Hello, boys. Yeah. Yeah, the crossover we all didn't know we wanted, but we got it. Look at that. How are we going on this movie? We're, 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 we're not work wise. Sister wise. We're not any kind of wise. We both know that this whole thing is going to end with you in handcuffs. Promises. Promises. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds reaction there. Hartley. <laughs> okay. Thoughts? Well, that was an experience. And definitely your cliche popcorn flick. It seemed, you know what? I'm going to give credit, though, for being on Netflix. You know what I mean? Like, that is the kind of, it looks like the kind of movie that was budgeted for, like, the big screen. It's on Netflix. Yeah, like, that look, That looked like something like the first place you see it would be Netflix. So I'm surprised that that's actually uh that's higher in their budget than what you would expect. But you know what? I noticed like our generation is more for stuff like Netflix, like the TV series and the ongoing series seem to have higher budgets and have more stake in them than the movies. Now it's kind of flipped. Yeah. But maybe maybe this is them trying to bring movies back. Could be. It's very possible, right? You never know. So uh, Sasha Banks was recently on hot ones doing a chip challenge i feel like this is her second visit there it might be like didn't we bring up a video years ago where she was eating the wings on there or am i losing my mind yeah or i know i think there's somebody the else wings one before. i feel like sasha went on there and did the wings and the same exact show. Never, yeah i think yeah because i remember her doing the wings once before we've done a, we've brought other people on here that have done the wings as well I'm trying to think of who's the last person that we are. Uh, and I don't remember. Go back take, I don't know if we brought out Taker's one, but I think it was. I think you were the last one I saw do one. Yeah, well, we've done Sasha before, but I guess this time it's chips. I didn't know they did anything besides wings. How come every time we put it on here, it's been it's been wings? Or I feel like it's been wings every time. Anyway, right here comes here comes Sasha yeah, on this all- thing here, and we are going to jump a little bit ahead in here so that we can get to like the dramatic parts and stuff of the eating of the wings, right? Because that's what you're all here for. I actually love this chip. I used to search for it all the time at like every um, gas station. The haunted ghost pepper. Yeah, it would keep me up at night. It's really good. There's a lot of spice on this one. Generously seasoned. Yes, but I like it that way. Oh yeah. Whoa. Mmm. This one's hot. This one's good. It's a hot one. This is like a head high. Yeah. A I like this high. feeling. I don't, know if I, oh, I don't want that from I think we're going to breathe through this. Scene. A lifeless feeling. But if this one's that hot. I can only imagine. I'm really scared for this one chip challenge. I'm actually really, really afraid now. So I take back. I am fear, like fearful. So I think it's about time to take the plunge. But before we do that, we have a message from Hot Ones super fan Brett Baker. 
who's actually tried the Pocky One Chip Challenge and is going to give us a little taste of what's to come. So right, I guess we'll look over at the monitor That's not my and kind check of chip, in man. with Brett. All right, so here it is. <laughs> the moment of truth. The Why Pocky is it that color? One Chip it looks Challenge commences like now. <laughs> oh my God. He's already turning red. Screw that shit. I was thinking that. I, I'm... <laughs> Can't even look at this guy. Uh, oh no! <laughs> Good luck. Uh, wow. Make sure you have plenty of beverage there. And uh, all my best to you. See you on the other oh, side. Oh, my butt hurt. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. Oh, this is gonna hurt. Let's do I'm it. Going there again for Brett. Is this really happening? You're taking the whole thing. Why is it brown? Can you imagine right, you have to put on a chip to turn All it right. that color? Let's pop this thing open. Okay. You have oh the chip God. wrapped inside. All right, pop that oh, open. Oh, hell no. Oh! <laughs> Just off rip. <laughs> so the way the challenge works is after you eat it, it's how long you can go without reaching for a drink. No that's the benchmark that's being set. So before we dive in, they give you a little, uh, they give you a, a nice infographic on, on how your performance might stand up. So five minutes, they say powerless. Uh-huh. 10 minutes, powerful. 30 minutes, supercharged. An hour, invincible. There, wow, there's no way I can last an hour. I know, and I actually think five minutes. That sounds... Seeing what Brett went through, eat the I'm chip call already. powerless. Well, the high bar the for, for us is gonna be five minutes. It's right, a yeah. high bar. Timer, fire in the hole. Oh my god! Mmm. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Mm. <clears throat> Anybody look concerned with the fact that he has to have gloves on? Five minutes might have been too long. Mm-hmm. No, I can't even swallow it. I'm, I know. Swallow it? I'm down. Oh my god. I'm just. Oh my god. I'm just trying to compartmentalize here. I'm hiccuping. I've got the hiccups. I'm she I'm is in hell, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Whoa. I feel like a dragon. One minute. They give us the one minute mark. Oh my God. You know, in your Hot Ones appearance, you breezed through and you answered anybody who would have doubted you. Uh-huh. If you were to step into the uh-huh. ring to battle the Reaper Scorpion Dust, which oh WWE superstar would you want by your side? Yeah, she doesn't look too well. Oh. Holy, oh my God. How about... Vince McMahon? Yeah. What do you, can you handle it? Crazy. I'm five years in. I don't feel like I have anything to prove. Dude. Two minutes. If it puts me in powerless, it no puts way. me in powerless. No? You got it. Yeah, look at her. She looks, looks like her eyes are about to pop out of her skull, right? That looked so not fun. Yeah, I don't want to uh, be a part of this. <laughs> I'll just eat regular chips. The hell's the point of that? Like, who enjoys that food genuinely when it gets to that level? I, I have no idea. It's funny because I think I told you off the air, like my older brother did that challenge. And I was like, At this he, point, he like didn't have any his powerful reaction. I don't fucking know how, but. At this point, it's just like, let's drink lava. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's see what happens when we drink lava. 
He had to oh my take God. the Has anybody ever passed out? <clears throat> this is <laughs> crazier than I usually <laughs> feel on the show. That's when you know the food's too hot. She asked if anyone's ever passed out. <laughs> I don't think anybody in the WWE can handle this. Ten. What? Nine. Yeah. Eight. We did it. Seven. Oh my God. Six. Mama. Five. Please. Four. Thank God. Three. Uh huh. Two. One. Sasha. I need this. We did it. Thank God. This it, Mama. Please. Mm. <laughs> no, that made it spicier. Yeah, the water is going to you. Milk kind of helps you. Yeah. Oh my. Ill. Mm. I hate milk. <laughs> <coughs> Yucky. Any port in a storm. Sasha Banks, once again, we shut it down, we closed it oh out, my God. and we made it to the finish How? line. I don't know. There's a pool of my spit over here. <laughs> yeah, to do the one does, chip challenge and challenge rough, your man. friends. Fuck the one chip challenge. She doesn't look like she wanted. That guy didn't look well. Nobody looked good that was doing this here. <laughs> don't be okay by that, okay? Damn. Have you ever eaten anything like that before? Fuck no. Me neither. And I intend to keep it that way, especially after see, seeing that, that reaction. See, now the next time I ever talk to my brother, I gotta ask him how the fuck he handled that shit so well. She said nobody in WWE would be able to handle this, but you know what? That'd be a good rib. Oh my God, right? Get Goldberg. He doesn't have the internet. He knows. Man, I wonder if you could still get away with ribs like that nowadays. Because the uh, best rib Because then everybody's be, gonna turn to Twitter and then try to be a hero and... Like the best rib will be like right at Gorilla, like good luck, you know, and then like give it Catch him, like yes, you know, you have it like in a bag of chips, but you just have it weird. That's the one where they grab. <laughs> oh <laughs> you come out, Lord. they take a bite of that shit before coming through Gorilla to go live. That's the <laughs> ultimate rib. <laughs> yeah, you probably get in trouble nowadays. Can't have fun things anymore. But yeah, good luck, Sasha, recovering from that. You know, that's why she's been out. You know, now we <laughs> right. know what it was. It was end game for her. <laughs> I'm gonna need a minute. All right. Well, here's an interesting one. This one's not so, so much as a. I guess you could consider this a discussion. So, or I some would call it a. I gotta flow. You gotta what? I gotta flow. I gotta yes. flow. You gotta flow. So let it go. Yeah. Brother. A hoax flow. So, there's been a video going around of Hogan, and there's been a debate about whether or not the dirt sheets are just being over dramatic, or whether or not. Uh, there was an issue, but they were saying that it looked like Hogan was having trouble moving around during a charity event. So I was going to let some of this run, click through, and then you guys tell me how you feel or if you think the same thing. So I'm going to turn it. So yes, these guys are up on this thing here. I'm going to bring it up on the Tron. And over at this point to Hulk, and we're going to give out some nice checks to everybody. And then we're going to do a little champagne toast. I love checks. Uh, really kick this party off and get everybody here. Thank you very much. That's what we got going on. Grand opening. Here we go. 50 legs in the house. Thank you so much for coming out. He didn't have to walk very far to get to the mic. So there's not enough here to assess. And it's like he's going to move around with this crowd of people. So I have to go 
back a little bit and look at his movement because they can only really judge it by this little bit of movement here, right? That's what we're judging. Let's have a look. I mean, there's like no way to tell just from that alone. Let's, through this video, does he move anymore? What a great place this would be to have a bar and a club, you know? So finally, a dream came true. Bill, my partner, and his wife stepped up and made everything happen. But we have, we've had some really, really nice people support us in this community. And the first thing we want to do is step up and let the Clearwater Marine Aquarium know how much we love them. So we have a check for these guys. All right. So the Clearwater Marine Aquarium. You're more than welcome, Bill. What do you think? I mean, if anything, it looked like it was just maybe trying to move in a little bit of a smaller space, but didn't look like he was having really any issue. Yeah, to me, it didn't at all. Even if he was, it's like he's an older guy who's put his body through the ringer. Like, if he's having trouble moving, he's having trouble moving. Like, it's not that serious. I've seen him have trouble moving in the past, so it wouldn't be like a big revelation. I just think the dirt teeth were fishing in this particular instance. Oh, yeah, they had to be. Like, Hulk Hogan not moving well isn't, like, news. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, nah, I mean, he moved, I had to move like two steps to get to a podium. Right. Yeah, is that the only footage that they had? And then I saw like a, a doctored clip of this, and like, not really doctored, but edited where it's just those two steps, and then it cuts, and it's kind of like, but they don't, that's how you make things look weird, you know? When you do convenient edits like that, don't do that. They gotta stop reaching. Come on, now. Everybody's always reaching, looking for something to be critical about. Jesus you know, Christ. Being overall dicks. His mustache is crooked. Hogan's having issues. What? Uh-oh, yeah, we're in drama. Anyway, Linda McMahon has a new job, man. Apparently, she is the uh, the chairwoman of of the Center for the American Worker. The fuck do they do? I'm not sure, but all I know is when you said mon, I instantly thought, I was like, oh, God, she's working at this century. <laughs> <laughs> That's instantly yeah, what I had to get to work. Anyway, um, I guess we're going to find out what it is that they do here because it's funny to be. It's ironic almost that she's part of the chairwoman of something that is uh, up for American workers. Does it involve laying them off? Because I would, I, it would be more of a kayfabe. <laughs> the American worker is absolutely the heart of our country. I'm Linda McMahon, the chair of America First Policy Institute. AFPI is launching the Center for the American Worker to reignite the focus on the dignity of work. I am here in Stanford, Connecticut, where I am visiting a first-generation company called DCL Tech. My father's... We're going to bring back the dignity of work because you motherfuckers are going to need it. This tagline for our company was a small <laughs> business with big ideas. My name is Mark Cray. I'm the general manager of DCL Tech, and we employ under 20 people at our location here in Stanford. My dad started the company in 1973. He always instilled in me that pride of America and be thankful. You know, that we've got these opportunities, you can work here and become a success on your own. We have to make sure that the workers, the innovators, entrepreneurs who bring these businesses to life have the tools and the skills that they need for their workforce. To be competitive in America, to have policies that keep workers, manufacturers in America, I think we really need to invest in trade schools and technical schools. There is a skills gap, and we need to make sure that we are training the workforce 
for the jobs that we need today. It's really important that we understand how regulations and policy affect small businesses. But just things that can streamline to make things easier for especially small businesses uh, to make them more productive. I'm really happy to chair the Center for the American Worker because I've grown a small business from just two people to a company that is now traded on the New York Stock Exchange and seen all over the world. For me, America First means being able to live the American dream. America First means protecting American workers. So we want to train our workforce, support our businesses, and maintain the competitive edge that makes our economy the most robust in the world. And that means putting our American workers first. No, 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 <laughs> nobody else. Just me. Aww. Oh well, you know, uh, there is a bit of irony, and it's almost too easy of a shot to shoot. You know, that, you know what it is. That's why I couldn't bring myself to clap, and I was just like, "Oh, the convenience." But I do agree with. We got to make sure that the American workers are okay. You know, employed, stable, not worried about their job security. Make sure they can keep their Twitch channels. You know, all that stuff. Yeah, their, their medical insurance. All that stuff, unionization if necessary. I'm glad that Linda's taking a stance and acknowledging that there are some issues that need to be addressed. Yes. Good for her. You keep empowering. So, John Moxley won the GCW title over the weekend. I guess we missed it in all the chaos, huh? Yep. For anyone that doesn't know, that title used to belong to Nick Gage until he was beat by Matt Cardona. For anyone who doesn't know who Nick Gage is, that is the hardcore dude who showed up in AEW a few weeks ago. For anybody who doesn't know who Matt Cardona is, he used to be Zack Ryder. For anybody who doesn't know who the GC, what the GCW title is, quite frankly, neither the fuck do I. But it's one of the indie titles that is out there. I just tried to give you as much context and, con- <laughs> and content as I could in regards to what's going on. What is the GCW title? It is the Championship of Game Changer Wrestling. Right. I mean, we've seen it around. I've just never known anything about it. Like, yeah. we've run clips of it before. You know, I know of its existence and we've seen matches. I've just never yeah. thought, what is that? Rutubi's yeah. report is really yeah. looking like, what is that? Ever since guys like Moxley and Cardona have been showing up, uh, GCW's been getting a lot more exposure. So, I mean, working out for them. No disrespect. Right. But do you find there being like a bit of a, like, one of these things is not like the others going on here, or is it just me? Yeah, I can see it. Or is it just my perception? Because I'm looking at it, and it's like Nick Gage is in this thing, and he was the champion, and I see him and Moxley fighting in parking lots and shit. Sure, whatever. And it's like they were beating each other up. They had, We played that one video where they were beating each other up like by where the people are selling shirts and by the tables and shit, and it bled out to the lot yeah. and things there. I was like, all right, cool. Somehow I think I see where you're going with this. And then all of a sudden, we next week on here, we played what looked like Moxley going to attack him again, but this time underneath it was Zack Ryder, a.k.a. Matt Cardona. We were like, oh, okay, Matt Cardona attacked him. Then Matt Cardona beat him for the GCW championship, and then Matt, the, and then John Moxley beat him for it. Like, I've never known Matt Cardona before, but was he in any way associated with, like, hardcore shit like that? That he was even the next guy after Nick? Like, between him and no, Nick Gage and Moxley being in this feud. Say, Fuck it. That's what I'm saying. Nick Gage and Moxley being in this feud, as much as it's not my cup of tea, I'm like, I could see Moxley fighting that guy and going to kick his ass over. But then it was like, Cardona showed up and won, and it was like, yeah? 
All right, I guess I have to go with that. The rematch from what I'm hearing is going to be John Moxley versus Nick Gage, which I'm surprised and I'm looping back around to what I thought would have been the feud in the first place because it started with Moxley and Nick Gage, then somehow spiraled into Cardona winning it, and now he's gonna we want it from him and to, to bring back the feud now. You I just thought it was a weird. They took a, so see what happened is they took a pit stop at Cardona. Why though? That's what I don't understand. Why? <laughs> I'm not even against it. I just want to understand. Hey, everybody's had to take that weird pitch off of that gas station you didn't quite trust. Cardona with the gas station we didn't trust. I heard rumors that Cardona said that AEW told him creative has nothing for him. Maybe not in those words, but that's what they what they told him. They have nothing for him. Anyway, so this is the uh shit down a little bit like Zack Ryder I mean he's become a Matt Cardona is in this angle this indie angle it's just so weird let's jump ahead can we get to a so what happens he has to fight druids really that happened to me in one of the games once <laughs> I remember the one <laughs> I'm so mad because the, 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 the thing immediately popped into my head when you said Druid, I wonder the fuck the story. Did you remember you right? unlocked a druid? You unlocked a druid and a character to play too. Like, what is the storyline to this, right? Jump ahead. How the hell is one of the druids is going to be Moxley? Is that what it is? Yeah, it is. Come on, let's go back because he's going to do the Moxley mannerisms, right? Before he even reveals who he is. Because that's how he likes to mess with people. Yep, he starts moving like Moxley, so everybody freaked out. That's funny when you have such a unique way of moving that you could pop a crowd in a complete cloak and they're like, oh my God, it's Moxley. <laughs> Think about that. That's Tyler right there. Man. Like all he had to do was move a little bit and everybody knew who, who it was. Like out of all the human beings on the... On, and everybody knew. Yeah, like out of all the human beings on the earth to share arms, legs, limbs and shit. <laughs> Look at the runner, isn't it? They went nuts. I love that. Good. This shit, you gotta be a pop somebody with just a <laughs> <laughs> fucking Moxley, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, not anybody could do that shit, man. Come on, in a cloak. And, and of course, now they go nuts. <laughs> you know what they should have done? That would have been really great. What was that? Have all the druids do it. So you don't know which one he is. <laughs> I like this on Mask. Hey, listen to the pop. That's a cool moment, man. Mm-hmm. And when you look at everything, best match and you have one there on. That made it, I'm sorry, repeat that? I was saying it's kind of cool from a deathmatch fan point of view as well because it's one of theirs who made it to the big time and then came back. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that's, like, that's so cool for them. <laughs> so this is how they start the match, huh? What was it, open challenge? I think it was. Oh, that Death Rider gets worse and worse each time. Doesn't it? 
And I say he won like that. Isn't it weird how they they almost did the? It's weird how that shit worked here better than it did for for uh, freaking Bianca Belair. You know why? Because it made sense here. Like they didn't have a match. It was a single attack. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that either. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what we were playing here. But yeah, this was a cool moment, though, man. The moment you see, that's the difference. The moment was cool. Right. Where they try, they tried to have a cool Becky moment, and they fucking failed because just because the way it, <laughs> the way it and came on top out. Of that, two things: Matt Cardona was not built to be almost unstoppable in GCW, and it's believable that Matt Cardona can just get ran through like that. The problem with Bianca is it's not believable she could just get cut down in one shot like that. Yeah, no, you're like, right. They, there. they pulled that in front of they pulled that in front of fans who don't believe that reality. Everybody in that building believes that John Moxley could one shot about everybody in that fucking building. Oh yeah, I mean especially me who uh right. questioned this entire thing in the first place where it was just kind of like I understood <laughs> and, it up until that happened. And the whole Matt Cardona winning the GCW title was a heat magnet any anyway. So they knew what they were doing when they were going to get that pop. Yeah. Again, it wasn't something I was completely uh sold on, but I was just skeptical. It was kind of like, "Hmm, why I wonder why why they did this." You know, just one of those things. Nothing against it whatsoever. But when I saw it, it was just like, wow, I've, adding him to the rotation was something I didn't expect. I guess he's trying to go in a completely different direction from Zack Ryder. You know, like he trying wants to, to abandon that whole persona altogether. Yeah, he wants to bury the shit out of that. Right. He's just like, done. What's up, Quest? I just came into this chat room. With it. <laughs> Couple comments I think were funny. Why did that movie look like the movie where the Rock had to get some dude's son? That's like half the Rock's movie. Yeah, and you're right. That's oh. why Linda got that job because WWE needs new workers to fire. <laughs> right. It's important for the American workforce to have all these workers to fire. America, fuck yeah. Yeah. I don't want to see you no motherfucking day. <laughs> Every time I do that shit, I hope somebody finishes it. <laughs> oh. That's such a great song. Fucking many times I've done that. I swear to God, we need that button. Yeah, so. Yeah, interesting. You're right. I agree with Stacey's in the time too. It's been long since wrestling has been fun and alive. Like, this is the age of being fun and alive. Right. You know, as everything you don't like work being one again. And you're just sad and hoping you die. Like, yeah, no, this is it. We're back to having fun again. That is awesome. So there's been a big changing of the guard, changing of the landscape in the last 24 hours. If you guys don't know the details, watch the post show from last night or listen to it. Uh, we go into it. I'm not going to go into what happened too much. We're going into the aftermath of it. But what's interesting is before this even happened, Eric Bischoff spoke a little bit on his own podcast in regards to uh, where AEW is. I wanted to play that before we ourselves talk about where AEW is in regards to WWE, because what happened last night had some huge ramifications. And I think it's cool to start with Bischoff and his take on where this puts us before we even go there. So let's get to that. Let's jump a little bit ahead, Conrad. Okay. If they keep doing what they're doing, I think AEW is well on its way to being legitimate competition for WWE. And I didn't think I would ever really hear myself say that. And they've got a long way to go. Let's let's keep things in context. Because if you look at if you look at WWE's business footprint, their revenue, global, 
where they are, who they are, what they are. It's hard to realistically, objectively say that AEW is competition right now. In, in the sense of revenue and distribution and all of that. But domestically, here in the U.S., which is really the most important thing for both companies, because the reason the, WWE, the reason the WWE is so successful internationally is because culturally they're recognized as great American entertainment, and that still has value around the world. American programming is still a very viable thing around the world. And because WWE for such a long time has been, has represented the United States and represented the sport really, or the product, um, they, they got a big jump on AEW when it comes to international distribution and touring and merchandise and all the things that go, go with your television footprint. AEW has got a long way to go before they can close that international distribution gap, but that's just a matter of time. And the interesting thing about, where AEW is at now, because domestically here, the buzz is so high that AEW is going to be able to close that gap in terms of its international distribution. This is just all my opinion. I don't know. Fuck all. I'm not there. I haven't been in the international distribution market in a long time. I don't know how it's changed. I'm just giving you my gut instinct from a fan sitting on the sidelines, watching from the outside, looking in based on what I know in my experience though, if AEW continues the success that they're having and continues to build upon the momentum they have currently, um, they're going to be able to close that international distribution gap relatively quickly. And once that happens, they become legitimate competition, not just competition here in the United States for the hearts and minds of the wrestling audience, which they've done a good job at, but I'm talking about from a revenue perspective. You know, and I, I, I'm seeing a lot of comparisons and, you know, wrestling fans love to, and I'm not, I'm not making fun of this or denigrating it in any way, because it's part of the excitement of being a fan is to engage and share your opinions and yep. support your local team, so to speak. Um, but, you know, AEW right now is about half of the total viewing audience of WWE here in the United States. As I experienced, and we all experienced as fans and viewers back in the 90s, it's possible to close that gap. I didn't think I'd hear myself say that, at least not this soon. But they're on the verge. AEW is on the verge of doing some really, really big things a lot faster than I thought they would. So kudos for to Tony, Khan, to the entire team, to those friends of ours and, and parts of our Ad Free Shows family that are a part of AEW right now. I was looking at some clips this morning as I was preparing for this, you know, Tony Schiavone in the ring. And, and I'm, I'm so excited for Tony Schiavone yep. and everybody, but you know, but Tony, because I know him so well and worked with him for so long and he's such a great human being. Agreed. Jim Ross, same thing. Um, I'm so excited for the people that I know well at AEW because they're, they're living that, they're living 1995 and 1996. They they get to experience that incredible high that comes with the momentum that they're experiencing now. And I, I'm not jealous of them at all because I'm really, really happy with my life. I wouldn't change what I'm doing now and, and, and how I'm doing it. I wouldn't change it for anything realistically, but it doesn't mean I don't envy them. 
It doesn't mean that there's not a part of me that's going, man, it would feel so good to feel that rush and to have been in the venue when punk came out and to experience that live pop live and in person, because the energy that you feel in that building is completely different than the energy that we feel as viewers. What do you guys think of that Bischoff's perspective here? The man makes a point. It's not like it's never been done before. And especially with everything we saw happen last night, some of the stuff we've heard bits and pieces here that it might happen here and there. Yeah, it's entirely possible for AEW to close that gap. I, I agree. I never thought I'd hear Bischoff say that he feels that they're a legitimate threat. At the same time, WWE's kind of made a business out of sort of using the wrestlers, and I mean this as respectfully as possible, but they sort of use the wrestlers as pawns to elevate them on a corporate level and to elevate the the image of the product as a whole. You know what I mean? Where it's not really about the wrestlers or about them or the people within the company so much as it is them maintaining the outside image. Because again, and I've said this many times before, the average human being is not that watches Raw or SmackDown. They're not going to listen to a talk brunch or to a Brian Alvarez or go on dirt sheets or anything. They're looking at it from a very casual level. So a lot of that stuff sort of flies under the radar. You got to remember that the public perception is everything and what they see the WWE as is what's more important because that's the majority. Nobody's going, hey, did you hear about, you know, what Bishop said in regards to what they're doing with through nobody like, yeah, there's us. Sure. But really, when you look at it and you see the fans and the people that are in the crowds and the people that are still popping, that's really the power that WWE has. Just to talk about the negatives for a minute, because I agree with him on everything with AEW, but that's the self-sustaining power that, that that WWE has. It's almost like when you hear like the NBA or the NFL, it's a marquee name. You know what I mean? Like there's and and there's just like a and that's why you see so many things like this year, this month we're doing Connor's Cure, the breast cancer awareness with the pink ribbons and everything. Not saying that those things aren't good and that they're always are doing funding and stuff, but it's the corporate image that they're trying to maintain. And it's been successful. They do have global things and they are they're on BT Sports and on channels across the world and they have different shares and they're in charities and shit. You know, they do have a lot of power. You know, and it takes a while to get beyond that. It's not to say that uh, AEW doesn't have what it takes. Let's not forget Tony Khan is uh, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, they they're good with managing teams. They they're experienced with this. Now we do have Tony Schiavone and a lot of people who are from WWE that are part of the company. You know what I mean? And yeah, it is sort of like Disney or an Amazon cabigon in the sense that uh, yeah, it's a big company that sort of. I'm not even disagreeing with what they're doing. I'm just saying. That's what you're up against when you're AEW because AEW really is not like that. Like they're not doing the corporate thing. They're not kissing babies and shit. And they're not trying to present themselves larger than life. They're just trying to present themselves. So uh, it does take a little bit of time. That being said, the momentum has shifted and it's shifted faster than I think anyone has expected. And last. Oh, oh, hands down. Yeah. And years from now, people are going to talk about yesterday and that pay-per-view because that was probably like a hail mary type situation you know what i mean where this is it this is has this has to be the pay-per-view where uh everyone starts really talking or where the buzz gets crazy and it was right. a pay-per-view you know I mean? has never lived up to its name like all out did last night 
Yeah, in summary, we knew CM Punk was already there because he debuted on Rampage, but his first match was on that pay-per-view. If you look at it, they could have stopped it there. The pay-per-view last night was sold on the premise of CM Punk having his first match. That Rampage got those millions of ratings on a Friday, which to me, being on a Friday primetime is a death trap. That Rampage got those ratings, not even because CM Punk was confirmed to be there, but because places like us and the internet and the dirt sheets and Twitter all heard possibilities that CM Punk might be in that building and everyone tuned in, the ratings skyrocketed. So when you really look at it, the things that are drawing them aren't even, they're always doing more than they needed to do. Like when it came to the, uh, that pay-per-view, the match alone sold itself, but look what they did. They brought in Minoru Suzuki. You would have already went home saying the pay-per-view was really good. CM Punk was there. Uh, fucking Moxley had his match against Satoshi Kojima. And then Minoru Suzuki came out. That would have already been an amazing night more historical than anything that's happened in seven or eight years cm punk wrestled for the first time in seven years but it didn't end there they brought out adam cole and to me that's where it it, it's amazing it kept that a secret because we heard daniel bryan aka brian danielson is possibly going to be there we even heard a little bit off and on that ruby soho might be there yeah so when they did when they did ruby which they confirmed before the pay-per-view that's a big pop you get ruby soho's first pay-per-view minoru suzuki shows up Oh, Satoshi Kojima, CM Punk has his first match, but it doesn't end there. You know what I mean? Brian yeah, Danielson. The Lucha Brothers win the AEW Yeah, the Lucha title. Brothers win the title. Then you got Adam Cole, who does show up, which made me think, oh, they swerved us. They said it was going to be Brian Danielson, but they did Adam Cole, who we didn't expect. We didn't even know he left NXT. And then finally, Brian Danielson shows up on the opposing side, and all the pieces fit. Uh, Cole was back in the Bullet Club, like good old days, or the Elite, as it's known now. Like back in good old days, and there's going to be a cool feud there. All of that was given in one show. Their biggest guys, those, those guys are big, uh, top guys that they managed to acquire. You know? That was absolute madness. That was Tony Khan's version of that scene in the Avengers where, like, all of the portals appear. Where he's like, on your left, Captain. And you see, like, the portals, and everybody's there, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, look, it's him. And it's like, it's him too. They're all back. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was, you know, it was like literally he had that moment in that paper. I was like, oh, shit. Now, what are you going to do? AEW Assemble. Crazy. I like so, that AEW Assemble. They did it, man. I never thought I'd see. Like, I couldn't believe how much stuff was happening. It was overload. So I give them a lot of credit for being able to get the momentum that they need. Now we're going to talk a little bit about what happened. There's a big deal. There's some stuff here. We're, we're easing into it. But there's already some big changes that have happened in, in both of these companies. WWE, more serious shit has gone down. Uh, we're going to get to that later because first we're going to talk about what's happened in regards to this. On being the elite, I'm guessing being the elite, they tape it before the paper. Does anybody know the taping schedule of being the elite? Um, yeah, I'm not sure the specific schedule, but yeah, I believe they they do do it before um before the pay per views. Okay, because being as you guys know, in being the elite, the way they handled Adam Cole leaving the Indies and going to uh WWE NXT was they killed him off on their show being the elite so he was dead on there i don't know if you guys remember but they had a funeral and everything adam cole died so what they did on being the elite was the whole time adam cole was over in wwe on nxt that's not canon on being the elite he was dead is what they went with which has been like a running gag with that their friend died so now that adam cole as you guys know has left uh nxt they did a they, they did an angle did you see it yet i haven't seen how they brought him back no okay <laughs> I purposely didn't watch it because I knew we were going to watch it here. 
I thank you all for joining us for tonight's emergency elite society meeting. We have a number of issues to... What is that blasted racket? Gallows! Hey, Gallows! What are you doing? I thought this was a circle chiser. Oh, oh come on. That's, that's disgusting. Like, come on the you always think it's a circle chiser. My God, man. So, 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 what, 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 what are we doing, Kenny? Stop well, being gross. Stop being gross and trying to do something serious. Today is the morning of All Out in Chicago. But, oh, guys, doesn't it feel a little bit like New York to you? At times. Every week. We got all this WWE vermin infesting oh. our locker room, polluting our air, taking WWE up space. WWE sucks, You can't bro. say that, you'll get canceled. I, well, I didn't do anything. If you can't say that, you'll get canceled. Sometimes they're pathetic, sometimes they're <laughs> pathetic. pissing me off. It makes me sick, quite frankly. We have a cage match tonight. We can't come in to help you. You're all alone. Good brothers. You don't even have a match tonight. Oh, shit. That's bullshit. I got a title match? Why is my belt on the line? I could beat you any day of the week, Christian. Jesus don't like that. It, it's, it's really starting to piss me off. And, and thus, what I suggest to you guys all right now, we need help. We're struggling in the numbers department. Okay. We need to bring back a friend. Oh, it's good. We, we need to... And just, just follow me, okay. if you will. Okay. We need to bring a friend back. Just, I think I know what you're talking about. We need to bring a friend back from the dead. Okay. Get the the hell out of here. You know, there's a there's science. This is there's science backing this, and it's oh. been proven. Oh, and I've I've talked to a, a number of Satanists in our locker room. Oh Jesus! Malachi Black told me this is kind of work. Oh boy! Okay. This is such a phrase you just throw out. In the he said Malachi Black told me this will work. By Lord. Jesus up above. He's My friend, if you're listening to me right now, we need your help more than ever. He's always listening. We need your help more than ever for this black magic. Oh. I don't know if he's... So black, black magic of no. Jesus. Silence! To bring, to bring Adam Cole back. <laughs> if I could get a collective home from everyone. <gasps> oh. We need your spiritual energy. Right. We need your chi raised to another level. We need spiritual energy. We need spiritual energy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I shall now read the incantations. Thank you, Spaghetti-o, we oh got we, we got a real serious problem. Sour, sour boy is the freaking worst. He's the worst. It's my fault. It's not my problem. Let's go a little bit ahead of the sour boy shit. My problem. I'm just more time. Jesus doesn't really do that anymore. It was just him. He's the OG. Just him. Matter of fact, I'm getting out of this mother effing 
place. Yeah, I'm waving to you, idiot. Screw stupid. you, Tyson. Okay? You suck Let's like, not shoot on our Lord and Savior. You suck just like white deck deck. Ah, hey, Pocus Pocus Knock. Why you? Why you fucking leave me just out to dry like that? You fucking idiots. I. You can suck me off, kid. You can suck so, me. You can suck all of us off. I just wanted to bring back my fucking friend and he's been gone for so right, long. I haven't had a blizz in 10 years. And he's, been, and he's been gone. And he's been gone. It was my fault. I, I fucking killed him, poison you. I don't know. Sour and now I feel like I feel like I'm the fucking poison. You are, Kenny. You suck. I feel like this is all my fault. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, well, get your dick out of my I, I don't mean to fucking cry, Brandon. I'm gonna put it in the I didn't. I didn't want to fucking cry today, and I didn't want to fucking cry in this fucking episode. But fuck, it just hurts, man. And it hurts when your friends turn the fucking back of you, and your friend that you had, and he's not there anymore. He's fucking dead. He's still going. <laughs> but it doesn't end there. Yeah. Why can't you come back? God, where, where am I? This doesn't look at all like Reseda, California. Super Dragon! Super Dragon! Oh my God, it's been four years? But God, why do I taste monster in my mouth? That was great. <laughs> oh my God, these guys kill me. I love that resurrection of Adam Cole. Oh, dude. I can't believe they honored. Think about it. It's been four years since they did the clip on there where Adam Cole was killed off. They, they honored it the whole time. They have more consistent writing than WWE, and now he's back. I love how he went Super Dragon. Like, that's how long he was gone, right? Like, he's, still, he's still in angles from, from back in the fucking day. <laughs> So Adam Cole, man, I have to say with this Adam Cole stuff, again, I'm sad because I like NXT. You guys know I'm a WWE. I'm old school, man. I watched it my whole life. So I, I never want to see a company fall apart. And I feel like Adam Cole, that's a major loss, man. I don't know how the fuck they allowed this. This is one of the craziest things either. But I actually do have some information in regards to what was happening with Adam Cole. One of the biggest things was his twitch channel believe it or not according to fightful select adam cole made it clear to wwe that he doesn't want to give up his twitch account the way the other superstars have had to do he said isn't they said source in wwe's reporting it as non-negotiable for cole and that the higher-ups were not excited about talking with him about this either because they didn't have any leverage in the situation so this was a problem, and I told you guys that you can't just tell people to give up their Twitch channels and that they would be cool with that. That was gonna that was a major mistake when they started. I've never seen a company, and that's where WWE differentiates themselves from Disney and all these other companies. You want to be Disney? Start fucking acting like it. Do you see Disney go? Can you imagine if Disney like went up to Robert Downey Jr. or someone and was like, "Oh, you can't play Left for Dead on Twitch." They wouldn't have the balls, first of all. First of all, not only would they have the balls, but they wouldn't be that classless. Like, it looks bad when you're a big company and, and you see the donations and the guy, oh, look what he does when he's not Iron Man. <laughs> it's 
I need, you got to give us a percentage of that. Are you kidding me? If you're going to act like it, you got to do the whole corporate thing. Nobody's going up to people in other companies and telling them to give them their Twitch money. Like nobody, like they get away with that shit because it's not brought out to light. But think about how shitty that is. And I also, what did I say a few months ago, Dustin? I said that what's going to happen is WWE is going to start incorporating that new policy into contract signings. So now, if you're a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed youngin' and you want a job, you want to be on TV, you want to be in the WWE, you grew up watching Monday Night Raw, you remember Stone Cold Steve Austin? You, re- you, you trained your whole life? Sign this, but you can't be on Twitch. It's going to be hard now because of the generation that's there, our Twitch streamers and gamers like us and everything. But it's like anything else. If you fire the people that are the veterans and then you hire people that have to pay, those people are going to be able to, they're going to be fine with it. They're not the veterans. They got hired under that. So I'm saying right now, yeah, we're in a bumpy road where people that are in WW don't want to give up the Twitch channels. But a lot of people going up in the future will just know that to get in, they can't have that. You know, so it'll just become a normal thing. At least that's what they're doing that's the objective here is to make it normal a normal part of contract negotiations and being employed that you cannot be on twitch the danger in allowing that like we've seen with many other things is the the leading by example if that happens then other companies will do that too if they get away with it and there are companies tasteless enough then they could make that a contract clause you can't be a twitch streamer you can't make your own content if you're also employed that's a poisonous circle and then the problem is they're only doing it they're doing it for a couple of reasons. The money being one. The other being there have been times since Twitch is a free speech platform where people have said things, you know, that have been negative towards the product and they don't like that. They don't like the wrestlers being able to. I think AJ Styles didn't his son say he doesn't watch WWE or some shit on the stream. Yeah, his son already said he had to watch it. That's what it is. They don't want that kind of stuff. They want to be able to have you stream for them. Adam Cole, the timing couldn't have been better because he is a, a hot commodity. And he does love streaming. And I've said before, if you haven't gone to his streams, I highly recommend it. He's really nice. His, his streams, he talks, he's engaging with the uh, oh, yeah. audience. As long as, really he, cool as long as he sees you, he'll talk to you. Too nice to be in, in the E, honestly. And when yeah. I saw that and I realized I mean, they like, going to force him, it was if, just like, yeah, if, no good. It's like if they're going to let something like that cause them to lose him, they don't deserve it. I honestly can't believe they did. I, I to the last minute, I thought that they were gonna just let it happen, like fuck it, let them have Twitch. But we really can't afford right now to, like, I can't believe that on top of CM Punk and Brian Danielson and everyone else, that Adam Cole showed up yesterday. I knew it wouldn't be inevitable at some point that this could happen, but I can't believe. Like I said on last night's show, like they fucked up on levels of like in Ferris Bueller, like your father's car winding up in the pool, fucked up. Where, like, the other people around are just like, oh, shit, what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's just like, like, it's just such a level. Like, they lost too much at once. There's and and for it's like, stuff that mm-hmm. they don't know shit about being fucking Twitch. Best case scenario, they stay on top. And I'm saying best case scenario. I don't see best case scenario. But optimistically, best case scenario for them, they stay on top. And AEW is a company that exists and is their competition for decades and decades to come no matter what best case there is no longer a no a a world where there's not an aew they have now made that impossible like they're here whether anybody likes it or not you get to deal with it or you get to deal with it like now that's it now they're here now you're stuck 
you allowed way too there's too much incentive to watch both brands now like now now you fucking blew it that is it it doesn't matter anymore whether or not this isn't about extinguishing one or the other this is about the fact that there is now definitely 100% an alternative brand that's not going anywhere that was done by their own devices almost like last time and a lot of it this last move was because they don't want you on twitch so good move there guys really really good i can't wait to see if this turns out anything like all the other stuff i've been excited to see that's turning out and then there was the pitch for adam cole this is to me this is the icing on the cake i heard about this and at this moment my first thought was wow must suck before we even talk about this it's so funny that you mentioned the fact that you watched wwe for years so you were never sticking around it i was like yeah you watched wwe for years i don't know what the fuck this is but the wwe you watched wouldn't have pitched this horseshit so the plan was Adam Cole. I'm just going to lay it out the way I, I'm perceived and not the way it reads. The plan was for Adam Cole to give up his Twitch channel, be called up to the main roster so that he could become a heel manager on SmackDown and that Bruce Pritchard really wanted his hooks and Adam Cole to be on the main roster. And that was the plan. He was going to be on SmackDown as a heel manager. Let that settle in for a second, ladies and gentlemen. The only three times Ring of Honor world champion. The longest reigning NXT world champion was going to be a manager on SmackDown. One of the best wrestlers, dirty word, wrestlers on the planet was going to be moved up from NXT. I don't know if he had the option, George, to stay on NXT. The contract, they didn't have NXT in the cards for him. They wanted to move him up. Because let's not forget, the purpose of NXT is to develop talent. As much as they try to sometimes promote it, there's a, there's a conflict of philosophies in NXT. Half the people think it's to raise new talent for Raw and SmackDown. The other half want it to be its own independent brand on Tuesdays. I think it's a great independent brand. I'm in the minority in this case. They want See, the problem is, is they think it's developmental. Their fan base knows that's the A show when it comes to their three, when it comes to their three brands. Yeah, Adam Cole. Because development, because because if that's if they're going to run with that, then developmental kicks their asses at Survivor Series a few years back. Yeah, they feel like he's been down in NXT for years, and that it's time for him to come up and be the the make use on their investment on him being on either Raw or SmackDown. The problem is they were going to bring him, introduce him as a manager for who know God knows who. But the, here's my whole thing. As much as people say this about NXT, about it being a third brand and everything, from a business standpoint and as someone who's a fan of Adam Cole, I did want him to be called up to the main roster because I feel like although Adam Cole does good on NXT and as much as we love NXT, NXT really is at its core a developmental brand in a lot of ways. And the money that he's making there and the notoriety that he's making there is nothing compared to if he was on SmackDown. Again, SmackDown is on Fox on Fridays. SmackDown is the last stand for WWE right now. It's the only show that's not bad, really. Because Raw, the Raw we just finished watching on USA was horrendous. I kind of tuned out towards the end there. Raw on a good day is me. NXT on Tuesdays is great, but it's not a known brand. And they do treat it like developmental. It doesn't have all the glitz and, and glamour. So when you go to that, SmackDown for Adam Cole. And because he's someone who can work like a Shawn Michaels would back in the day, I think it's a shame that Adam Cole couldn't stay there, get the call up to SmackDown. And yes, would he have been introduced as a manager? Sure. 
other people have been introduced as, as, as stupid shit and then eventually got to be their great thing that they're the rock was rocky Maivia and came out with the weird haircut and the blue fucking things and the tassels and the rock went through a lot of change stone cold wasn't stone he was stunning steve austin and he was over as that when they brought him in as ted dibiase's uh guy the ringmaster before he got to be stone cold steve austin and they found the right gimmick for him so sure and I know you guys are going to say, once again, I know everyone's negative on WWE right now, so you're going to automatically assume this wouldn't have went that way, and you could be right. But I'm just saying, sure, it could have just been that he would have been Adam Cole, a shitty manager, and that they held him back because of his size, and they don't want to push guys that aren't ginormous muscle men anymore. Or it could have been that that was the way to introduce him and get him into the fold, kind of like they did with Drake Maverick being the GM of uh, 205 Live and then eventually wrestling. And then he would have become Adam Cole, baby, and gotten to do all his cool matches and have all his stuff. And then he would have had what's most important, I think, in this business. He would have had a WrestleMania moment. He would have gotten to be on something like WrestleMania or SummerSlam or Survivor Series. You know what I mean? Or the Royal Rumble, a big pay-per-view, a big marquee name that goes back generations and shit, you know? Winning the Intercontinental Championship, something older than you or I. You know what I mean? Or anybody in our chat room, most people at least, you know what I mean? Winning winning any of that shit. This is what I'm saying. And sure, AEW is great, but they haven't built that legacy yet that I think that the younger guy should have been deprived of it. I always saw Adam Cole since the moment I saw him in Ring of Honor and in the Indies and in PWG as a guy who I was like, yep, he's going to one day be a WrestleMania guy. Like I always thought for, I had him pecked from day one. I was like, that guy's going to be one of those WrestleMania guys you hear about years and years from now. So it's a shame that he's, in a sense, although he wanted to do this himself, and he said that this was an easy choice. He, In an interview, he said this had been decided a long time ago. Like, it was pretty easy for him. There was no question to him that he was going to go here. But it's a shame that that's the result of the landscape changing. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to ever be WrestleMania Adam Cole or Royal Rumble Adam Cole. A lot of these guys that we've been watching for years, and it may not necessarily be a bad thing because the company's changed, but the, the vision that we had growing up oh this guy's gonna be think about it. if you if you watch indie wrestling and you see somebody in ring of honor or pwg or an evolver and all the different things we watch you always think man i hope this guy one day gets to wwe i hope he goes to raw then when they get to raw you're always like man i hope he gets to be get, get a title and then he gets the intercontinental title and you're like i hope he gets a pay-per-view gets to be on one of the small backlash or fucking i don't know what's another shit pay-per-view you can only think of backlash great balls of fire or something like that i don't know Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Great balls of fire. There you go. Great balls of fire. A pay-per-view like that. Then you eventually want to see them go to a mania. It's just a predetermined path. You want to see them in like a main event like The Rock or Austin or CM Punk was. So it's sad because Adam Cole is definitely a guy who I saw that main event talent in. And he's going to have to do it in a company that's still growing. That's still where Bischoff's talked about them, where they're not quite where they are. And it's exciting, sure. But wouldn't it have been cool if he would have at least on the way out gotten to do all of that other shit? Like, the timing couldn't be worse, you know? Because do you really think they would have brought Adam Cole up and just kept him as a manager? George is saying he would have been Sami Zayn's manager. Like, do you honestly, to your core, little you know faith as you have in this is? company? I don't even know them anymore. Because that's also, I didn't see Piper never coming in and getting her ass kicked by evil fucking Marie. But that's happened. But, I mean, has your the faith diminished in them to the point where you could see them bringing in Adam Cole and it just being that the world just knew Adam Cole as Sami Zayn's manager and that was it? The problem with it is, is it might have gotten better than that, but they'd already pissed they'd already pissed off everybody to the point where they didn't care past that. That's the problem. Those things could go to that place, but they piss you off on the way there and nobody's invested anymore. If you have an Adam Cole, you don't bring him up as anything less than WrestleMania Adam Cole, because that motherfucker's been WrestleMania Adam Cole since the day he walked in the door. This is true. And I can't argue like, with that. There, there, there's no there's no like the problem with the whole thing with the ringmaster. Rocky Maivia is he wasn't 
Stone Cold Steve Austin and then the ringmaster. He was the nobody who became the ringmaster. Rocky Maivia was the nobody who became Rocky Maivia. Adam Cole, when he walked in the door, everybody was like, hey, this is that guy who was three-time ROH champion who still holds that record. And then after after his title run at NXT, hey, he's that guy who held the NXT championship for over a year. At that point, anything less than main event is not acceptable. Nobody wants to see the climb when you know that person has well exceeded the climb. He's a, like Adam Cole was at the, was at the point where he walks in the door. The first thing he's doing is challenging for that world championship, and those fans aren't going to accept anything less because they know at that point he's already there. So the fact that he wanted to go in as a manager and they wanted to go in as a manager and then take the torch away, it's like a slap in the face. So it's like Cole sitting there probably thinking to himself, okay, I can go hang out with my friends again in the elite. I cannot be a manager. I can be at the level I could probably want to be. It might not be in a bigger company, but at least I get to still do the shit I want to do. Versus fucking Richard, this red-faced ass talking about something, we're going to make you a manager. What? <laughs> his red face, he's like, he's like he's always brought the love. <laughs> and in my world, he always is. Fucking tell me not to pee. Right, every time I see him, he's fucking brother love. But it's like, the fact that they do that, it's like a complete slap in the face at that point. Like, there's no point in even having the climb at that point. Because you put him at a point lower than he's ever been as a fucking manager when this is probably when he shows up and he's by default probably one of the best guys you're going to have. Better on the mic than almost everybody. The guy puts on 10 stars matches on his one his worst days. And then they want to bring him up as a manager? Like, they're losing all these people because nobody's interested in seeing that climb up when the guys are already up and already sitting at the top. Yeah. Because it's like at that point, it's like none of those fans are going to buy anything other than Adam Cole walks up and whoever's world champion on on that show, that's the first person he's going to. Because that's always, that's always how it's been with Adam Cole since he first showed up. When he showed up in, when he showed up in NXT, the first person he started fucking with was Drew McIntyre when he was NXT champion. That's highly believable because, because Adam Cole's at world championship level on virtually his worst days. Yeah, and I'm not arguing with you in the sense that, yeah, we've seen them take things and yeah. diminish things down, nerf people, and turn them into, like, nothing, and then build them back up into their own images and shit, and it people always People just sucks. don't trust them anymore. It's hard to trust them, man, especially nowadays. But some of the stuff we've seen them pull off lately. Yeah, nah, it is. And I'm the one who's always the don't count them out yet guy. I'm telling you, it's like the, the reason people count them out is because nobody wants to see that climb because that's, that's, that's giving them way too much time to fuck it up. Because the longer time they take, the more stuff that goes wrong. Yeah, and like I think spoilers, is, ladies and gentlemen, poor Dewdrop is done. You might as well hope you, you might as well kill that dream now because that poor baby is done. And I have been hearing honestly that in their eyes, it's still not that big of a deal. Like they still don't really look at any of this. That like this position hasn't changed. It's not like they're they're in uh oh mode, even though justifiably so. They have a lot of reasons to be in uh oh mode right now. Dude, you know? look at that, like. How is it that you lose Daniel Bryan, Ruby Soho, you lose Bryan Danielson, Ruby Soho, and Adam Cole in the same six-month period, and you are not shitting your britches three times over? I lose one of them, and I'm in the hospital for a stroke. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I lose three? I'm losing my shit. Yeah. It just goes to show that this isn't the same company that, uh, that we've known at all. This is a company that just like to smell their own farts. Just getting big whiffs in there. They're just delusional as all hell. Like, they don't understand how badly they just fucked up. <laughs> yeah. No, they really don't. They really don't. 
but it's exciting. It's definitely an exciting landscaping sort of time. And in that same, oh, yeah, uh, great. in that same being the lead episode, they actually showed the backstage of uh of the debuts of Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. I'm gonna run that on the screen here so you can see. Bear with me. It's coming. Or at least I thought it would be. You gotta believe. You gotta believe. Believe a little more. <laughs> I'm looking for a bear with me. After the crazy match, which you guys already saw. There we go. Fuck's sake. As soon as he they say he said they went oh and that's when he came out to the crowd. Smile on his face. And then this is Brian Danielson. reaction i guess thank you man oh my god yeah so he looks happy yeah everybody looks happy that key word happy <laughs> you know that thing you don't see on the main roster happy like yeah seeing adam cole on the main roster would have been great but the problem is they have too many misses not enough hits on the main roster like we see certain shit happen where i'm just like you know what i don't know if i'm really i don't know if i'm willing to take that ride Versus here, that man shows up instant world warrior. So here he is at the press conference. Well, because when you think about where I was, like that technically was my dream since I was nine years old. Um, and then I'd seen everything that AEW was doing. I, I'd been here countless times to support Brit and, and hang out with the crew. And it's just the best crew. Uh, the, the shows are amazing. The fans are amazing. Uh, but at the same time, I had really built a reputation for myself uh, there as well. But I knew in my heart pretty early on that I wanted to come here. Um, And it's no knock whatsoever on them. I I had a very excellent four-year experience. But I I wanted to come back and work with a crew who I love being around 24-7, a crew that is just as passionate about pro wrestling as I am, and fans that feel the exact same way that we do. So... um, Making the decision was a fairly easy one. Yeah, there it is, right there. As much as we thought there'd be conflict, I thought it'd be a hard one. You know, like you said, it was a childhood job. That, to me, was what I thought because he was working with Triple H and Shawn Michaels, his childhood mentors or idols and stuff. And I was like, no, but he knew. He pretty much always knew. I guess everyone did. That's some shit. Yes, yes, it is. (laughs) So, I mean, I gotta admit, when I saw him out there, it, it looked like he belongs, right? It looks like a, he looks like he fit in perfectly. 
And the company itself looks official now with all of the people that they have in the roster and the appearance, the presentation. WWE likes image. Well, look, here's a company doing it. You know? Take notes. After All Out finished last night, Brian Danielson stood in the ring and he used this opportunity to talk a little bit about what he's doing here. I'm going to bring that up here. state and all of the 50 right now right <laughs> right
the chance, and boy, have these guys delivered! Chicago. There's some crazy shit going on, man. 
you know? It's some crazy shit right here. A lot of stuff I never thought I'd live to see the day of, you know? Right. Like, look at we that never ring. Thought, oh, we'd see CM Punk back in the ring for a, a few years. We didn't think we'd see Daniel Bryan back in the ring. Like, holy shit. Yeah, that was awesome. And yeah, the originals are the ones that kept the faith and did this. By the way, last yeah. night I, I thought I'd point out that when they had to tag Daniel Bryan on Twitter um, to say that he was there, he still hadn't changed his Twitter yet. So it was like, at WWE, Daniel Bryan is here <laughs> at AEW. And I remember seeing, I didn't get to bring it up last night because I forgot all about it. But what reminded me was that today he changed his name back to Bryan Danielson and he took the WWE out of the Twitter handle. So apparently, I guess... It's unclear to me because some people are saying that WWE took away his blue check mark because of that, but then other people saying that Twitter did it. I don't know how the blue check mark specifically works, but either way, because it's no longer at WWE Daniel Bryan, and instead it's at Bryan Danielson with no no AEW, not just at Bryan Danielson. The blue check mark is gone now, but it was just great yesterday seeing when AEW tweeted because they tagged him in and it was like at wwe daniel bryan is here and it's like that can't be helped because that's the twitter handle you know there's no legalities to that but you know he lost his blue check mark i don't know if he got it back yet but who gives a shit he has 4.5 million viewers followers so he'll be fine i'm sure he can get the check mark back twitter fixed the check mark for for brian danielson american dragon please oh boy so yeah that was uh that was something else man i'm really happy that they got him and that's something to talk about you know daniel bryan somebody who uh the name says it all one of the greatest wrestlers in the world what happened with him they have yeah they blew it again yeah well he wanted to wrestle they thought wrestling was a dirty word and now uh this is the way things have turned out and like I said before, I didn't mind that heel run he had with Rowan where he had the hem title and stuff. It's just a, that was like the last big run he had. And I also heard that it was him that really didn't want to get a push. Maybe it's just that he didn't want to be in that shitty environment and get pushed. Yeah. I mean, I remember, um, I think, I remember hearing a little while after uh, Mania that he didn't want to be in that match with Edge and Roman. I could see that. Yeah. Like, it's not about him. Why would he be in the match? But no, they just had to throw him in the match. See, they do dumb shit like that, and then they wonder why they lose people. Yeah. Well, I think this is a huge acquisition. They have two of the biggest guys of the era, I guess, after the Ruthless Aggression era. You know? Yeah, this this is massive for them. CM Punk, I think this might have been before the pay-per-view. could have been before or after. It doesn't really matter within the context. But he spoke to the New York Post a little bit about being part of a all-out. And just the differences and stuff here. We're going to move on to CM Punk now from the uh, Daniel Bryan a little bit. But this is what he had to say. And I'll share the link with you guys like everything else. Have you had a chance to kind of really process the last week here of just kind of what this meant to you and, no, and, I, and, and everybody? No, no, not, not, not at all. And I, 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 I don't know if I'll ever be able to process it, but it's also just been nonstop since, you know, it, it, it's been the overwhelmingness of the event Friday night, coupled with, you know, the anxiety of not being able to sleep for days prior, knowing what I was doing, and then the buzz keeping me up for days after, like, haven't slept so good since, um, since like two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, 
and, and then you know and it's just you get you get a flood of phone calls you get a flood of texts you get emails you get inundated with stuff and then the ratings come out and it happens all over again it, it's been a lot but it's been nothing but positive so it's been it's been extremely enjoyable for sure I, I guess you don't really forget you know it's muscle memory and it all just just came back to me um I don't anticipate any any problems. Knock on wood. Now that I say that, I've probably jinxed myself. You still have to be that moment of just showing the fans and proving to them that hey, I can still still do this in the ring. It's one thing to kind of say it, but it's another thing to, to finally give them that match that that shows them, hey, I'm 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 still CM Punk. For sure, I know. I mean, seven years is a long time. I know there's a contingent of fans out there that have this opinion that were like, oh, he was never really any good. Oh, he's not an athlete. And then I always kind of flummoxed me you know what i mean i always especially like my last year when i was just absolutely trash and hurt and unmotivated i had the best year darby is a lot of things he's he's a fantastic talent he's a great personality and within the aew uh you know in within the storytelling he's a very compelling character that the, the fans like um I just think he's he's like the perfect foil right now. I just think there's been there's been one flavor of ice cream for so long and it's refreshing to see AEW come about. And you can criticize both places. There's good and bad in both places. But just the momentum that AEW has and the fact that there's this there's, there's a new restaurant in town. You know what I mean? And it's getting good reviews. So it's just like, why wouldn't you go try the food served there? You hinted, obviously, in one of your promos that, you know, we may see Brian Danielson and, and, or some version of him in AEW. What, what would that signal to maybe people who haven't checked out AEW to add you and him maybe in a, in a or someone of his stature in a short period of time here? For as as a big deal as a lot of people seem to think that I think I am, I will always put everybody else over before me. And I think Brian is an exceptional talent. And that's somebody that I look at and I go, man, wrestling him was always fun. It was never a headache. Uh, and God, I would like to do that again, you know? And I would like to do that again soon. It's a big deal, you know, especially the guy was in the WrestleMania main event. You know what I mean? He's like freshly removed from from television. Like he's he's a big deal. So yeah, he's right. Big man. He is definitely a big deal to have him there, and he is freshly removed off of television too. And he was a part of creative in WWE. So you know, if they have any tricks that are worth a shit, he'll actually know them. Any current up to date tricks? Like I said, it's amazing some of the people that they allow to let go here. You know, and him that's definitely what, being that's when you spend all day up your own ass. You don't realize when you do dumb shit like that. Yeah, it sounds like you've just about had your fill of them, huh? You know what it is? Because it's like, I've always heard, like, oh, you got to hang on. You got to stick with it. Things will change eventually. And then they do dumb shit like this. And I'm like, how much longer am I supposed to hang on? Yeah, like, after a while, it's kind of like, what are we hanging on for? Some of the people they've let go, you know? Yeah, if we weren't doing the whole role that we have, similar to, like, the Watchers in Marvel... <laughs> we're observing the chaos and destruction and battle from afar. I don't know. Would you, would you watch Raw every week? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> At this bad. point, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you people. I endure Raw, especially tonight. Oh. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, that was a nightmare. I know what you mean. It'd be SmackDown and NXT. That'd be about it for WWE part for me. I'd still watch SmackDown and NXT. Sure, we'll see in, oh, yeah. in a yeah, couple SmackDown of weeks. Because those are the only two where I don't feel like I ache afterwards. Yeah. Raw, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen some days. Nothing. Or the same thing. Nothing right. or the same thing. Best case scenario, the same thing. Mm-hmm. So George says, let me see what he says here. He says that he wasn't happy with CM Punk's match and he should he should be doing anything in AEW besides wrestling if he does ever once in a while and with a worthy opponent. So go back and listen to yesterday's post show to hear what I said in regards to how he wrestled and why he wrestled the match that he did because I don't have enough time to go over that again if you didn't hear it. But I, I did like the match. And uh, for what understand, it served its purpose. Yeah, I would definitely did. He spoke and a little he's bit. He's not going to be somebody who yeah. wants to wrestle. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to have Renee oh, scream God. into the thing like that. I was going to Renee's podcast. Yeah, he said, <laughs> "Damn, she starts a podcast. We have an intro and shit. She starts her shit screaming like that." Holy fuck! That's like the first thing that happens when you press play on her podcast. That is an enthusiastic podcast. Right. Let's go back and do it again. Yes. Yeah. So that's literally how she starts. Right. Good for you, Renee. God bless you. That motherfucker, that motherfucker hits record the second that five hour energy kicks in. <laughs> All right, so Renee has punk on, and he talks a little bit here. I listened to this whole thing, and I highly recommend you. Do. I'm going to link you guys on social media and in the chat room. But I, you have to listen to what he says here. There's a little bit about it, just a difference with the WWE and uh, the AW mentality in locker room. I didn't mean to do that. I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to make that a running don't gag. Don't you fucking, I, I fucking lie. I promise you. I swear <laughs> to you, I'm not, man. I don't know how fuck that happened again. It's almost like the thing itself is trolling me now. I'm starting it muted just in case that happens again. No, we're good. Is I came up in a place that was a shark tank full of bullies that were protecting their spot. And it wasn't about what was good or bad or right or wrong. It was, it, 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 what, what I did was always bad and it was always wrong. And there were people who ran the show who told me to my face, I don't get it. And I would just be like, what the I f- like when the voice just tells it all. Well, what the, f- well, what the f- are we doing? You know, yeah. like, cause if I'm in developmental and to liken it to playing AAA ball, I want to make it to the major leagues. Mm-hmm. And if I'm hitting home runs, I'm the home run king in in AAA ball, and I get called up and I get called up to the major leagues. And the guy on the team with the most home runs tells the hitting coach and the bench coach and the manager that guy sucks. You know, it's just like, well, oh, we don't want to just win games. We don't want to just, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know. So I I I came up with really disheartening seeing that stuff. Yeah. So I, I. heartbreaker i came up around a lot of that but i also think that's what made me a cycle breaker and when new people would show up i'd be sitting i'd, I'd grab a plate of food and i sit next to them in catering and they would just be like oh i mean i, I, I wasn't anybody yet and for kofi's first day on the road i was like hey man you're riding with me and he was just like okay great yeah you know because i got there and i I was, I was picked, I was already a grown ass man. And I had these other grown ass men like picking on me. And I was like, why is this like high school? Like what, what, like I get it, but who hurt you? Why is it like this? But that's the culture. That's what they, that's what they want. We, we want you guys to fight and we want you to want his spot. And I I never wanted anybody's spot. I wanted my own spot. I would always find that really, um, they would always bum me out when I would be sitting in 
uh, production meetings and seeing like someone's name get brought up and it's, if a certain person gives it an eye roll, you know, that person's getting buried and they're not going to be doing this much longer. How many times sad. Okay. So when, when, so when I got over quote unquote, so Mm -hmm. to speak, there was very much was a contingent that was like, he's one of us now watch us bury everybody. And I would be going, nah, man, that sucks. That's not cool. That's not cool. And they would all be like, yeah. Oh, but that's a thing that I look at and I go, all right, I don't get it. But I listen to the people. Yeah. And they react to them and they like them. So I'm just like, there's something there. Yeah. Yeah. Why would we throw that? Why would we throw that in the garbage? Yeah. It's not. Yeah, so you see, you hear that shit from him, how he talked about when, when he became part of the inner crowd, how they would openly talk about burying people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. When he when he was part of the cool thing for a little while, then he was the one who was like, nah, that shit's not cool. You know, you most know? people would hear that and be like, oh, it's just punk talking shit. And then you start hearing Renee basically confirming some of the shit, too. That's what I'm saying. You see what I mean? Like now I told you guys, now the stories are going to start coming out about the inner workings of that corporation. Now that there's another place to go, that gag order doesn't work as well. You know what I mean? And not everybody had like an NDA agreement or any of that shit. You know what I mean? So it's it's just one of those things where now you're going to start to hear the dirt. Start getting fun real soon for us. I don't know about them, but more importantly for us. Oh, I'm having a good time, and that ultimately is all that matters. I came out here and laughed. I certainly didn't set all this shit up to be sad. (laughs) (laughs) Dunn might be chewing on that fucking mouthpiece, scared as shit, but I'm okay. Yeah, so the landscape is changing. Let's see, what do we got here? They did a special Saturday AEW Dark. And CM Punk gave a promo on that too. Where CM Punk promos everywhere, right? It's wonderful. I'm telling he's showing up everywhere. And this one apparently is in regards to to people who hate AEW. Let's see. Speak sincerely. I think it was last week in Milwaukee. I very sarcastically ended the send them home happy with. If you guys enjoyed the show, great. Tell your friends. Tweet about it. And then I said, if you didn't like it. Right. And what I mean by that is we don't mind the criticism. We want the criticism because to me, it's feedback. I said I'm no longer the voice of the voiceless because this place doesn't need me. This place has a voice. I want all the criticism. I want feedback. I want to know if you guys are happy. The part about shutting the up is for the people who hate watch stuff and have nothing good to say or nothing good to add to the conversation. We don't need you, so shut the up. Yes. (laughs) He's so right. Sure. There's people who just hate watching. He's so right, man. There's people who ex- who their only existence in life is to watch just a bitch. Full disclosure, people. I'd like Raw to be fucking great every week, but it's not. <laughs> people, okay. ha- people hate watch us, though. Yeah. Some By the our, way, hi. Some of our greatest numbers have been from shit that we've hate baited. Those ones are always fun too. <laughs> you know, kind of like 
We need more hate bait. We, 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 we need more hate bait. Writing it down. <laughs> so, you know, but I'm not encouraging hate watchers, no. Especially like, not now, because I hurt your fucking feelings. That's what he Put it on a shirt. <laughs> hate bait. But no, I, I see what he means. Like, there are people who literally, they just, the only reason they're part of something is so that they can, like, pull the negativity out of it. And those are the ones that he's talking about. Where it's kind of like, that's a lot of people, though. You know what I mean? And you see me. I try as much as I uh, I have a dark sense of humor on here. You see how positive I try to put a spin on anything wrestling related until it's fucking hopeless. You know, I think I'm one of the, the, the most faithful people that there is in hoping that something works out. But sometimes, you know. Sometimes you wind up like me where my tolerance has gone down with age. Yeah, no, hey, nobody's blaming you there, man. It's funny I say that with the age difference between you and me. It's so funny to hear me say that out loud. I think I've just become a little bit more patient occasionally. Not even always. I think I've just have, I've exhibited occasional patience for the situation. <laughs> I love how much emphasis you put on occasion. And I'm like, I got to keep it together. We got a program to do here. So... Let's do it. <laughs> so while we're discussing some of the transitions that have been happening and some of the people moving over prior to AEW's All Out, Ruby Soho put up a video. Did we ever show this? I don't even know because we showed so many Ruby Soho videos. If we stop yeah, I don't with, know if we showed this latest one. Stop with me. Shows. So this, I guess, was her going from being uh, Heidi Lovelace, which was her previous character before Ruby Riot in WWE. This is showing sort of her going from the Heidi Lovelace transitioning to Ruby Soho in this video that she did. this down a little bit because i already know how it is i don't want people to think we're trying to take your song we don't even know what the hell the song is, is this her entrance music now i don't know if this is what became her entrance music it's not oh, it's a different song yeah she's like okay a- yeah i like her image here like I said, they need to do more stuff like this with the Riot Squad and uh, the, look at that, I like the spray paint. The Riot is over, right? When I said the Riot Squad. Right. But see, that would involve them having actual effort, not just using them just to get pinned by somebody. But this is how she introduces the character of Ruby Soho. Come on, don't be hating. Stop hating. Look, you're, you're, you're a hate watcher, George. Yeah. Well, punk music ain't too far on you either, so... You don't like punk? Is that what you're saying? Sorry, it's my old one. Here. So she goes into the diner and she's uh, having food, having shots rather, having beers. Oh, it's actually her song when you hear it. That's pretty cool. She had it done for her then. Well, I'm not saying it's her song as if it's that song. I'm not sure. But I'm saying that uh, 
this song is hers. It's for Ruby Soho. See what happens when you allow people to be creative and you don't overproduce them, WWE? You see what you get? All I'm saying, Vince, you want to keep handing us talent, I could pick a few. Funniest thing I've ever heard somebody say, oh, oh well, I guess we could just hand you more talent. Okay, dumbass, go ahead. Tell, tell, tell me how that works out. Very foolishly. You know? How's that working out for you? It isn't. <laughs> well, we got fucking Ruby Soho and you also got Eve Marie. Ain't that a bitch? Y'all can keep her. So. Yeah, they're 100% screwing up. And while we're talking about screwing up, I also saw something really interesting. Somebody just actually posted on their Instagram, and the exact post was, 90 days is over. You know what that means? And then they posted this image with it. So take that for what you will. There may not be uh, an ending to the AEW debuts yet. Oh, no. 90 days goes by fast, man. Bring people in. (laughs) Yeah, that's a fast 90 days. It's going to hurt left and right. You're going to get to see how flexible Miro's wife, in fact, is pretty soon. So, oh, shit. What in the world is going on? This could happen on on Wednesday. Right. You know, there's no reason not to think so with the 90 days up. It's like she said, 90 days up. You know what that means? And then put up a picture with boxing gloves. 90 day non-compete clause, motherfucker. She could show up in in AEW or whoop the Paul Brothers' ass, one or the other. Either way, I'm happy recently there was a bunch of stuff that came out on social media where people asked in regards to pete dunn whose contract is coming up what's going to happen with him and uh basically people asked on social media will pete dunn follow adam cole and brian danielson to AEW? now he didn't reply or comment underneath anything in relation with that but he did put up a picture independently, not related or associated to anything going on, that just says, boom, probably. Yeah, I saw it. You saw it too? All right, so I'm not crazy. <laughs> All right, good. Good, oh, yeah. good, good, good. I just didn't know how to describe what I saw. <laughs> so that's what it is. Boom, probably. Shit. The contract's coming up too. I a lot of too. his pictures had that caption of probably. Or it's always like one word captions. Oh shit! So the fact, I think, so the fact that he went as detailed as to go boom, probably like. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> That's all I could keep saying. Yo, y'all, what the fuck up for real? What are you doing? You know what they Woo! should do. You know what would be a really good strategy in this whole thing? Stay friends with people in WWE and get them into video games. Be like, you know what? You ever like Twitch streaming? <laughs> as their contracts come up. Then they have incentive not to leave. So here is a here are a couple of friends hanging out. I figured I would put this up here for you. For me? Woo! Yeah. There's a team up you this team of you never knew you wanted. <laughs> I need it now. I need lazy chops. This is strangest merger since Marvel vs. Capcom. <laughs> it was happening right now with AEW's I world. Need ch- I need lazy chops. I need a lazy strut. I need a lazy woo. Orange Cassidy and Ric Flair, motherfucker. <laughs> Keep your Batman v Superman. I'll have Cassidy v Flair. Yeah, and he was among other people that were backstage at AEW All Out, including Scott Demore. 
Jerry Lawler, Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Kurt Angle, and Mike Chioda. Oh, also Sarah Logan and Zelina Vega. So, backstage sounds fun too. Right. It's fun off and off. It's fun. On, it's fun on and off camera. I hear Sarah Logan's pretty cool. Oh, she's wonderful. Right. Then she used to have another name, Crazy Mary Dobson, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she knows. Uh, she used to know Heidi Lovelace, right? What's her name again? Ruby Soho. Wow, they were both in the same location. That's that's pretty interesting. I heard her uh-huh. live Morgan and her those two live Morgan were a team, and it was crazy. Yeah. I don't know what happened to them. They should have all been like the best in the fucking company. I don't know what the fuck happened. Like it'd be crazy to see a company so stupid not not to, not to push those three to the moon. But yeah, no, nah, they're not gonna let Liv go because the whole thing is that we have Ruby and we may have Logan, but Liv is really Liv and the fans particularly are very very happy with her push. So I'm sure that's also gonna work out great for everybody involved in WWE. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. do that. There's no, there's no bombs it. fucking waiting to go off there that we're just sitting around <laughs> watching, you know? Like, at this point, that's what it looks like, a fucking minefield, right? What well, bomb's going to go off next? That's what the contracts became. <laughs> the contract, that's what the, somebody should do. You know what somebody should do? Take one of those fucking animes, like Naruto or something. You know when they throw, like, the spiritual, like, fucking tags on, on like, things? You know? And make it WWE contracts. The explosive fucking notes and stuff? Just bombs. Oh, my God. Because that's what it is. WWE contracts are becoming bombs. They're all sitting around waiting to see what fucking bomb's going to go off next. Boom. Adam Cole. Boom. Miro. Boom. Lana. Boom. Boom. <laughs> like, you know, bombs just going off. Ticking time bomb. Someone needs to make a contract page. It just counts down all the fucking contracts. Like, this is nuts. So, yeah. Lawler was backstage. Jeff Jarrett. Bischoff. Angle. Mike Chioda, Sarah Logan, just to go over, and Zelina Vega. And a lot of it is because these people, like, remember, Zelina Vega is married to Malachi Black, you know? Jerry Lola's friends with JR. Jeff Jarrett's friends with all those people, too, and Bischoff, and yeah. Wow. That is a nice place, right? Right. You get to bring your friends over. They get to hang out with everybody. Yeah. It was also reported from the dirt sheets that Tony Khan paid out of pocket when he added people to the uh, nwa empower the women's match thing yeah yeah they have their own women's pay-per-view he's quoted as saying i i'm trying to help other companies in addition to my own i think people have seen a lot of our women's wrestlers this past weekend i loaned some of them out to the nwa and i thought that was a cool event that they put together and i was happy to help out with it by sending our AEW talent and paying so the guy paid for his talent to be somewhere else because he thought the event was cool and you wanted to help out the other show. And he did. He also has talked about how he's not going to treat the Impact title like a secondary title either. He's treating everything with a lot of respect. Yeah. If you want to be, if you want to beat the best, you, if you want something to be as good as it can be, you have to treat it as such. Yeah, and he's doing that. So, change is afoot, my friend. Change is afoot. Hey, Matt. Now, let's talk about what's going on in other companies, huh? Namely, WWE. <laughs> So what's happening with WWE lately? According to Game Biz, WWE has pretty much dissolved its Japanese division as of September 1st. Okay. And uh, this was put on the public notice of dissolution, which was published in the government bulletin on September 2nd. So uh, 
yeah, they got rid of, they're getting rid of their Japanese stuff, to be quite frank. They got rid of the Japanese division entirely. It was abolished from what I am seeing here. Uh, it was running a Japan tournament, but the WW Live Japan scheduled for July 2nd and 4th this year was canceled. Uh, they also fired over 100 people, according to Yahoo News, when they disbanded the Japanese division. This was blamed on management problems. This management division of WWE is WWE Shibuya Ku Tokyo. Uh, it's a subsidiary of uh, the U.S. professional WWE, obviously. And uh, yeah, they said that more than 100 players and staff were dismissed at WWE because of management problems due to the spread of the new coronavirus. But according to the U.S. media, it's part of the organizational change due to the trend. And uh, they canceled the performances when it comes to Japan. We're also hearing that they will no longer be touring in Japan, according to Tokyo Sports. They were unable to conduct performances since last year due to the COVID-19. And they said performance in Japan for next year onwards will be blank. They said with the dissolution of the WWE Japan, keep in mind these are translations, so it might be a little bit rough. But with the dissolution of WWE Japan, the group's performances in Japan from next year onwards are completely blank. The office in Shibuya Ku Tokyo will be withdrawn. In addition, some staff will continue to work and it is expected that news distribution SNS operation to, to Japan will continue. So touring is not happening in Japan anymore. Ain't that a shame. Just screw them poor people over. What happens to people that they put out there like ambassadors, like Io Shirai? Probably just go back to doing whatever they were doing before. Which in Io Shirai's case is just barely being on TV as a tag team champion. Man. Right when they talk, Ryan Linda was talking about employing. I guess that's what she meant by employing Americans. She was like, I said Americans. Key word. Hello. Because uh, they're definitely cutting ties with all their overseas markets. That's for sure. Do you see how quickly... Like the entire landscape across the world is changing. On the one end, some people giving great opportunities. On the other ones, shit just getting disbanded. So, do you think that them leaving Japan was a smart move? Hell no. Especially the way Japanese wrestling fans are. Oh my god, no. If I if, if, if I had like exposure like that, I'd never leave Japan. I'd almost go. To, I'd almost try to make make an effort to go over there more. Yeah. Well. I guess this is just part of the... Uh, remember, they're doing their cost-cutting measures and things of that nature right now. Yeah, those totally 100% necessary cost-cutting measures. These motherfuckers don't have buku money. I think that they expanded too fast when they were doing WWE India and WWE Japan, WWE UK and WWE. Like, it's like they're trying to go everywhere. Yeah, the problem with starting something like that is you don't just stop it. like you. Because the second you do, that's going to be a lot of backlash you got to deal with. A hundred's not a high number of people to release. It's still a number, though. You know, it's it's higher than a lot of places you see. You don't see many people hit triple digits when it comes to releases. Yeah, nah. Like I said, I just thought that that was like a surprise. They did it so suddenly. Yeah, she ain't wrong about that. Just out of the blue, too. Like it was so funny. Like when I heard about that story, it was literally like, oh, G1's around the corner. Wrestle Kingdom's gonna be three nights. Oh, WWE's disbanding the Japanese division. What? And this is right around when Bishop's talking about the global marketing and how in order right. for AEW to be able to expand, that what they're going to need to do is get more of the global marketing. The WWE has an advantage and they closed the fucking Japan division. Which speaking of, according to PW Insider, AEW hired Shane Emerson for the position of head of global programming and partnerships. Which was a guy who used to Maybe work for Impact Wrestling. Just lines up like that, right? Which um, that was a role that... Um, 
he used to do that for Impact between 2011 to 2017, and also worked for Ramsey Solutions, which is a financial counseling company. So at the same time that they closed the Japan division, AEW is already on top of having them do global stuff. And they said basically he's going to be the one that, that does global expansion in the upcoming months. So it couldn't be any sooner than they decided to cut things off. And if you don't think the price slashing has gotten crazy enough, we're not even halfway fucking done. Because according to Ringside News, WWE has cut the backstage camera crew down to one crew. Where's the camera crew? This is the camera crew. I'm not even making this shit up, man. You couldn't make this shit up. <laughs> we got to get the camera guy out there. Yeah. A tenured member of the creative team described this decision as quote unquote <laughs> short-sighted. You don't say. No shit. You think these are bad choices? Somebody noticed? <laughs> Somebody noticed the bad shit was going on this whole time? We've been on here talking about the releases and stuff. For, this, for like this whole time like oh wait what they're making shitty choices you don't say bad things eventually happen to people that make shitty choices hmm? oh boy so let's see what else is going on here oh my god also they cut the catering crew it was a it's considered a quote-unquote budget cost that no one can believe even though the catering is considered "quote unquote" terrible by by many, motherfucker <laughs> said, "No more nacho lunchables for you." Hashtag pack a lunch, motherfucker. <laughs> you still got your Ghostbusters lunchbox? Oh shit! This time it'll be the Ghostbusters lunchbox with the women on it for this generation, right? Pack a lunch, <laughs> motherfucker. That should be the name of the fucking episode. Pack a lunch. Pack a lunch. You gotta fucking pack a lunch not to work for WWE. <laughs> I feel bad now, man. I feel terrible. I'm not even trying to mean to, for this to be humor. Damn. You got to pack a lunch for this company that's trying to be like Disney. God. Imagine, imagine telling Robert Downey Jr. to make sure that he brought his tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> 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 you got to pack a lunch. They said, so let me see if I could even bring this story together. So they said that they cut the catering crew. And that the... <laughs> so they said... uh. The selection is considered a little bit more than pizza, hot dogs, and nachos. But in a business that requires athletes to train and eat properly, pizza, nachos, and hot dogs and arena food are not smart. So basically, they're relegated to eating the food that's accessible at the arena is what they do. The arena supplies catering is what the alternative is now. But catering to the arena is going to be the shit that they give you when you're watching. So technically, the Impact has better catering than WWE right now. Who we've That's joked about Impact's catering. Oh my god! No more catering for you, bitches. <laughs> you don't get your Twitch. You don't get catering. What's being reported is that what you have to do is uh, they set up a system where you wait outside of Vince McMahon's office and then take his office, his order, and everyone in gorilla position and call Grubhub. But they only pay for that one Grubhub trip. If you miss it, then you pay the driver next time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it would be. Yo, you don't understand how badly I was waiting for you to say I'm kidding. <laughs> for a minute, I thought they actually Grubhub WWE. <laughs> it sounds real. How do you guys eat around here? Grubhub. <laughs> we can only order at certain restaurants. We can't go above 35. You can't have to get your orders in now, man. They call you the night before. 
Second that shit hits 3450, you better That's fuck it. off. You do a lotto at that point. At that point, you're fighting to the death for the goddamn marina food. You better fuck. Jerry Lawler once revealed that WWE spent twenty thousand dollars per show on catering. So that's how much the catering they're saving twenty thousand dollars a show. That is a huge amount of money. I didn't even know catering would be that much, but wow, when you really look at it, that's twenty thousand dollars per Depends show. On where you go and what you get? No, but I'm saying with the like Jesus. Every time yeah. there was a wrestling show on, it was twenty thousand dollars for the catering. <laughs> Motherfuckers balled out. I mean, I guess when you're a billion-dollar company, it's not that big of a deal. The answer is definitely not no catering. Never thought I would have to say that. Nick Khan apparently didn't have catering wherever the fuck he's from. Because he we have it here, though. It's nice. AEW has catering. They should, should they should take pictures of and upload their fucking catering. There's the one time I want to see fucking GCW food. has catering. In another course-cutting... Gotta be on a lunch program now. In another course-cutting measure, WWE has dissolved their WWUK Holdings LTD. Doesn't mean the end of the UK brand, apparently, though. At least that we're being told. Jim Smallwood assured fans on Instagram, as the creative director of NXT UK, that they are not shutting down. And only the UK Holdings, which is, I guess, the official place where money for everything related to NXT UK goes, is closing down. I have to make sure that I'm fucking reading this correctly. I got to do my own Googling. I'm sorry to have to do this mid-show. But wait, hey, wait. Yeah, make clear these things. Wait a minute. And especially the way this company is apparently letting shit go willy-nilly. We got to make sure we know exactly what the fuck we talking about. I mean, yeah. Basically, I don't see how. I mean, they can technically dissolve it. But why would you? Exactly. What, what, what's the actual like reasoning there? I have to look back into that one because there's a lot, a little bit of logistics that goes into that that I, I have to check out. Man, what a headache this company's become. But good news, everyone. A new NXT arrives officially September 14th. Sponsored by Reading Rainbow. A new NXT every Tuesday with a new logo, no longer yellow, with a new everything. New attitude, new vibe, new fucking employees, apparently. But uh, yeah, let's take a look. This is the, uh, there's the visuals of the new NXT that we're having. Alright. See that logo? It looks like as if freaking NBA 2K sponsored NXT. I can't judge a, a brand by its logo. We should write that down. the one they write have it. now versus the one they're going to have when with this company, I can. Write it down. Don't judge a brand by its logo. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to keep that one, but you never know. But there is the new NXT for you guys. How exciting is that, right? A new logo, that'll fix everything. What do you think in regards to uh, the idea of a new NXT? I don't know why there needs to be a new NXT. There's nothing wrong with the current fucking NXT. Because the old NXT failed them. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you know that, that throwing them on a night. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, mm. but it's I amazing. Good... We always need to hear that, that phrase of it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. This company, if it's not broke, broke it. But I have good news for you. With new NXT comes new heads running it, man. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, yep. Fucking brother love himself. That's right. According to Brian Alvarez. The goddamn show now. Congratulations. 
according to Brian Alvarez on Wrestling Observer, they said that it'll be under Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard themselves, the people running Raw and SmackDown currently. They said that when they go back to live shows, Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard will be doing production. And uh, yeah, now you're going to see. Now you're going to see Vince McMahon in action booking NXT. And it started trending. I saw on social media myself, Rip NXT started trending across the globe. Everybody started trending. They started putting funerals. They put, started putting pictures of what looked like Nelson Mandela's funeral with the NXT casket and shit. All kinds of crazy shit was happening because of this. So are you excited for the new NXT now? Because that <laughs> yeah. was to really pump you up. No, that, ain't, that didn't do it for you? Like you weren't happy to think about <laughs> Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon running the NXT that you've been watching? <laughs> The only thing you, you could tell me at this point is fucking Kevin Dunn's Dark Award. Aw. So sad. See, he doesn't look that orange in that image. Ugh. Yeah, because fucking Bruce and his little shit eating grin soaking up all the color. But anyway, apparently, from what we're hearing, uh, the production is going to be done by them. When it comes to big decisions, they're going to be the ones responsible for the big decisions. But the quote unquote little decisions are going to be dealt with by somebody else. As far as who's responsible for the new logo, did you hear who did the new logo? No, and I can't wait. Oh, yeah, you're going to be able to love this one. It was your boy. It was your homie. You know who. Old fucking Bucky the Bucktooth Beaver is fucking self. Kevin Dunn is the one who made the colorful logo that you love. You got Kevin Dunn, Jim Cornette's arch nemesis himself, made the fucking logo. (laughs) So, yeah. Melser went on to say that Vince and Bruce will be executive producers, but he ha- he he was heard contrary to that. But uh, they're going to be doing like the uh the big stuff definitely. They're going to be doing the big stuff definitely. Just to let you know that. And uh, Bruce Pritchard is going to be visiting the performance center. From what we're hearing, no nope, nobody knows why. They just said that uh he's going to be visiting there Saturday, and that. Apparently, it's not mandatory for the talent to be there. And then no one knows why he's going to be there. You know, apparently they said he's going to be coming and arriving with a team with a construction team and a bulldozer. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, the news, right? But we are hearing that from WrestleVotes, that Triple H, Shawn Michaels, William Regal and Matt Bloom, a.k.a. A-Train, are still going to be in control of things. And that the look of NXT is going to change, but it'll be a subtle change. The day-to-day operations aren't going to change that drastically. It's still going to be in the hands of those four people. But the TV production will have the look done by Vince and company. It'll have the Vince McMahon stamp on it, something that NXT didn't have at this point. Maybe one of the reasons it's been the show I gravitate towards. So not too much is going to change in regards to anything but the production. That being said, according to Dave Meltzer, there are more names on the quote-unquote chopping block to be released. Uh, people who have been part of the brand for a long time. That's all we know. Yeah, if you listen closely, you can hear everybody trying to figure out who the fuck that's probably going to be. Johnny Gargano, Kyle O'Reilly, Tommaso Ciampa, Ridge Hollett, no, Oh, God, am I... Yeah, so... Pretty messed up. That's shit right there. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely surprised about it, to say the least. And also, uh, I know this isn't really good. I just figured I'd point this out. I don't know what the correlation to any of this is. But Vince McMahon, for the first time, he wasn't at SmackDown or Raw 
He hasn't been on anything. Method Man's been missing for like a week. Yeah, never seen him disappear for the whole week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of weird in all these years, right? Like, he always gets the league Raw or SmackDown. Stacy <laughs> said he's at NXT. Damn. Well, I certainly hope everything's okay. Yeah, I would hope so. And yeah, we're hearing they're not giving any of the superstars or anything any details about what the rebranding is or what's going to be happening in regards to the rebranding at all. You know, so... I mean, you would think if you're doing shit with my show, you tell me what the fuck you're doing on my show. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully everything's okay. Well, that's the most that I could really say there. All right. Well, as you know, September 22nd, in a couple of short weeks, AEW will be coming to the Grand Slam. They'll be doing the Grand Slam event, Dynamite. This will be in the Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. They have recently revealed the requirements in order to be able to attend this. So I'm going to bring that up on the screen for you guys. And then we're going to talk about it a little bit here. Let's see what we got. Uh, Bear with me here. Blah, blah, blah. We have so many freaking files. There it is. Proof of vaccination thingy. Okay. So there it is. So it says, please note that all ticket holders age 12 and older are required to provide proof of at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine to enter the grounds of the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center and Arthur Ashe Stadium on Wednesday, September 22nd for AW Dynamite Grand Slam. All ticket holders are advised to bring one of the following as proof of vaccination. A CDC vaccination card, a photocopy, a photo or photocopy of this card is also acceptable. A New York City vaccination record or other official immunization record from within or outside of the U.S., including your health care provider, a photo or photocopy of this card is also acceptable. If you are unable to get this record, call 311. A New York City COVID safe app available for download via Android or iOS. You can upload a photo of your CDC vaccination card or other official record to this app along with your photo ID. An Excelsior Pass or an Excelsior Pass Plus. To use this app, you will need the phone number or email address associated with your New York City vaccination record. If you're unable to use this app, try one of the other options listed above. Or an official immunization record from outside New York City or the U.S. Note, no Ticketmaster will provide refunds to fans who refuse to show proof of vaccination or are unvaccinated. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. Thank you for the follow there. Was it Lunar? Yep. Lunar. Thank you for the follow, sir. So, that is the requirements in order to be able to get there. Gotta be safe, people. Get your shit. Yeah. What puzzles me, though, is the the freaking, um, the one-shot thing. Don't you think that's kind of weird? A little, yeah. Like, why is it one shot? Yeah, that doesn't make, uh... I almost would, I, I wish we could almost figure out why specifically that one. Because keep in mind, for anyone that doesn't know, and anyone that isn't educated on how this works, um, so the way the shots work, I'll go with like for the Pfizer, for example. You get your first shot, and then I believe three weeks later, you get your second yeah, three one. three weeks. You got to wait three weeks between doses. And then after you get the second one, you're fully vaccinated two weeks later. Like, you're not considered vaccinated until that. So it's like you get a shot, you wait three weeks, you get another shot, then you wait two weeks. Then you're fully vaccinated. So it's weird to me that they would have something like, all right, as long as you got the first one. Because I assure you, the first one's not, not only is not the first one enough, the second one's not enough. 
You know, there still has to be a duration of time. So I found that questionable. And also, unless something's changed, it's to my understanding that the only one that's actually passed CDC approval is the Pfizer, like the other ones, the Moderna and the, uh, the, the Johnson hasn't. And I told you guys before, the Pfizer and the Moderna at the time had like a 95% success rate. I think since with the new variant, it's dropped to like 77%. But the Johnson was like 66 to start, which is shit, which is what you guys are telling me you think the other one is with one shot, which I don't think that is. I think that with the other one, you need both. There is no no middle ground. But the point being, so I think that if you're going to do a restriction like that, you got to factor in people who are fully, who have taken both shots and done the two weeks. And, and what shot did they take? Was it the CDC uh, approved one or was it just the one that they, uh, that they just kind of let slide? There's a lot of things to factor in here. And I guess maybe they're just trying to show that they're doing something. Anyone that wants to look it over for themselves, though, here is the uh, information there for you. Yeah, you got time for all that reading. You go for it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, while we're talking about the Couve, there is some bad news. Will Ospreay, apparently, the rumors are true, if they even were rumors, according to him. But let's have a look here. Hello, people. Yeah, uh, so the rumors are true. Yeah, well, not even rumors. There was no rumors to begin with. I've got COVID. Yeah, but I'm fully vaccinated. Uh, I'll be fine. So I'll just rest for these next 10 days and keep you all updated. I'm sure I'll be back in like no time zone. So other than that, I hope everybody's well. Uh, sorry that I can't come up to Red Pro shows this weekend, but still going to be a killer show. Still full of like loads of amazing talent, but just not as good as me because I'm pretty much the best fucking wrestler in the world. So, um, so unfortunately, guys, you'll have to deal with like really, really good wrestling. But, you know, just... Not the best wrestling because the best wrestler is currently battling COVID. I'm going to beat COVID. Why? Because I am on another level. Got me catchphrasing by telling people that I've got COVID. What a weird world. Hope you're well. I'm doing good. Uh, I'm just going to do some yoga, I guess. Just do some stretching. Enjoy. This shit is not working. I'm trying not trying to be pessimistic, but so far, again, Pat McAfee and now another person fully vaxxed caught it i'm gonna play devil's advocate and say i wonder if there's a, dis- a confusion as well within people who have it the duration of time they need to for that shit to incubate for them to be safe and maybe they didn't factor it in but i can't if i keep seeing he says fully vaccinated which means he must understand what fully vaccinated and vaccinated and fully vaccinated are two different things vaccinated is yeah they stuck you with the needle did you go through both in the proper duration of time and then go to two weeks after oh these boy are the questions. these are the questions unfortunately on a wrestling fucking show right but in other news our buddy pat mcafee he's all right hey yeah pat mcafee's all right aren't you happy covid negative covid negative mcafee and i'm positive he's negative he reported himself wow let's have a look here as a matter of fact i think he actually provided didn't he provide like a thing for it the negative test or something not even sure. You have to take my word for it. You don't need to see the damn test, for God's sakes. The guy's negative. He posted it. He said, take that, Uncle COVID. He's all right. So he got cured. Keep in mind, he caught it when he was fully vaccinated also. So we're also hearing a report from Elser that Andrade and Pac were off of the pay-per-view. And I remember I said last night, I found that suspicious. They said that it's apparently the same issue as the Sasha Banks pay-per-view. Whatever the fuck that means. Does that mean somebody's an anti-vaxxer? Either Andrade, right, which I, we I don't, don't think even know what the issue with Sasha was. This issue with her was, this, assuming hers was, the rumor was anti-vax, will we assume that Pac is anti-vax? It's like, uh, man. That's possible. Could be. 
Oh, well, just figured I would throw that in there. The news there. Did you hear anything about when Pac was coming back? Um, I have heard that he and Andrade are supposed to be um, competing on Rampage this Friday. So it can't be a vaccine issue. Hmm. See, but then now I feel it's like at that at some point they're gonna have to tell us what the fuck was going on with Sasha because if it's the same issue, like what is going on then? Stacy just pointed out that uh, there might be different vaccination requirements depending on location. Could be. Maybe where they held all out is different from where they're holding Rampage. And if that's the case, then that's going to be a problem going forward where you're going to have some people who can do certain shows and some people who can until everybody's vaccinated. Yeah, it's going to be an issue. Yeah, that really sucks. Who would have expected all of that shit, you know? But uh, yeah, I still recommend it to people like at least get some form of protection. It's not killing anybody. Right. You know, so I mean, if it's not going to kill you, maybe it won't make you stronger. Maybe it won't do shit. Add somebody tell me the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They were like, no, I'm not going to take it. They say that that shit kills you in three years. And I was like, but how would they know it hasn't been three years? <laughs> That's the, the, oh my God. I need to find this person and point some square in the fucking nose. Would be so they damn say dumb. it kills you in three years, but wouldn't three years have to go by? You dumb bitch. That's like when Freezer shot his energy blast at Namek and was like, it's going to be in exactly three minutes or five minutes or whatever. Like, why the hell you hit you? What? Maybe he was wrong. You can't fucking tell me that. (sighs) All right. Well, what is next on our agenda? We got a sad bit of news that we need to discuss. Destin and I talked about it on one of the off schedule streams. Oh, yeah. But uh, we will now talk about it here. And that is the death. It is time. Yeah. Daphne has passed away, very unfortunately. Ah. Yeah, you guys have been following us on social media. Anybody who has Daphne Unger, some of you may know her. Um, Shannon Daphne Sprillo. How do you say her name? Sprillo? I believe it's Sprillo. Sprillo? I've never heard her actual name before as far as her government one. But we know her as Daphne Unger. Um, So I don't exactly know how to begin what happened here. Essentially, let's try to break it down for anybody that doesn't know. Uh how this passing took place. Uh, I started seeing on social media people tweeting out for people to reach out to Daphne, and I reported this in my own chat room to my own community as it was happening. Uh, Because she went on Instagram, and she basically did like a, I guess you would say like a suicide video, in a sense, where she she went live, and uh, she spoke about a bunch of things. There was a pistol visibly in her hand and uh she basically said that she wanted her i guess she's citing some of the trouble that she went through with concussions and stuff as part of this because she was saying that she wanted her brain uh to be sent to be uh examined i forget the location where they do it but she asked uh, boston for, yeah to be sent to boston to be examined in this yeah, i think the exact line was make sure my brain goes to boston yeah and uh According to TMZ, the police tried to get there. They showed up at her old address. Um, This is what was happening as things were going in progress. And then they said that she passed away. Her mother made a public statement where she said that it is with great sadness. I have to let you know that my daughter, Shannon Spurro, Scream Queen Daft, passed away suddenly last night. Absolutely heartbroken. Uh, Cause of death was gunshot wound, I believe, to the chest. Yeah, that's correct. So uh, that's what happened there. And she did say she wants her brain to go to Boston, as it's saying here in the report. 
They found her at her home Thursday in Norcross, Georgia, during a welfare check. Uh, they tried, they knocked on the door, they didn't get an answer. They came back a few hours later. They saw her car parked near her apartment. The maintenance man let them in, but he didn't unlock the deadbolt, so then they had to get the fire department to break the door down, and they found her deceased. Uh, so thoughts and prayers to anyone that had to deal with that, friends and family who had to deal with the unfortunate passing. Like, that sucks. And uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really sucks that this happened. And uh, it, it it's also, I don't want to make this about that too much, but it kind of annoys me. Maybe it'll be another conversation about this. Maybe there won't. But it annoys me the stories that I hear about law enforcement busting through doors, all fucking guns blazing and fucking tear gas ready and lights flashing. And when you hear something like a, like an entire community reaching out about someone who's in distress, you have to go through red tape and shit to be able to get through the front fucking door. I know that there's standards and practices and logistics and stuff, but don't you find that weird just as an outsider looking in how you see so many stories where it's like, police, boom! They could just kick your shit in. They could throw you around. They could abuse you. They could do whatever the fuck they want. But you legitimately have video evidence presented by people on internet, the same internet we use to cancel people. We have video evidence of someone in an attempted suicide. And you're telling me that the same law enforcement that can kick shit in and break through doors and come colliding through places rough and tough with video evidence of this going on needed to go back and get the fucking maintenance man to unlock the front door and then get the fire department to break. You know what I mean? Don't Doesn't it make them sound like, like a little bit like pussy in the sense that yeah. I know... Just because I've seen so many situations firsthand where the police have discarded all of that. I have, as a New Yorker, with my own two eyes, seen countless situations where I was standing right there and the police discarded every fucking rule that they were supposed to. And yet, in a situation like this, they had to take their sweet-ass time. It pisses me off when I hear, oh, hours later, they came back. Like, that's the way, that's the speed that this shit moves. That's disgusting, you know? Our system's so fucking broken. Like, our system is so fucking broken. Yo, I would have taken the fucking breaking and entering, to be honest with you. I'm surprised that some fans didn't do it. I'm trying to point fingers, but I would have taken the B&E. I don't give a fuck. You know, right. like if I would have been oh, within arm's right. reach, I would have broken the fuck. I would have broken in. I mean, what's a fucking night in jail? They got to arraign me anyway, and I'm going to get my day in court. It's 24 hours. But yeah, without hesitation, I would have broke the fuck in. You know, like jail's not that scary, folks. Like I would have kicked that fucking door and I would have gotten a hand. I would have broken whatever the hell I could. But it's just amazing me that the, the times that people choose to go through the red tape and the proper procedures blow my mind away. Amazing. Thank God we follow procedure, right? Good job, everybody. Good job following rules. Rules are awesome. Oh, boy. WWE sent out a tweet. I saw this in real time, too. Mike Johnson, a PW Insider, also has a reporter. But he said, as a reminder to our talent, if you are dealing with a difficult personal matter and would like to speak with someone to get support you need, please don't hesitate to contact. And then they put the counseling company number um, or WWE Medical. And they also put, we are very sad to have to announce the passing of Shannon Spurrow, a.k.a. Daphne Unger, Scream Queen Daph. We are posting this at the request of her family. Please respect their privacy at this time. Uh, that, I guess, is from her sister. Okay. So, 
I know WWE started to get some heat when they went on social media offering their counseling number, but Jake Atlas tweeted out and he said, um, I certainly don't want to make this about me, but this is important to speak up about. Keep in mind, he was recently released. He said, WWE paid for six months of my therapy and quite literally saved my life. Not everything is what it seems. People are truly suffering from mental illness. Learn how to hide it well. Reach out. So he was just trying to give WWE a little bit of credit there. And, uh, you know, I give credit for both sides. You know, at this point, we shouldn't make it about companies. But there was one right. person who didn't appreciate WWE being given credit. Oh, fucking course. So Carl Anderson tweeted out first, they suck, bro, in regards to WWE offering free mental health services. And then he also got heat from a lot of people saying, oh, that this isn't cool to talk about that now just because they're doing it. Um, and then Ryback wrote that they hadn't called him once after breaking his back and shoulder, hundreds of thousands in medical costs along with legal fees. And Sean is a fucking cunt mark. The truth always wins out. Fuck all these guys, Owens, and, and suppressing my social media and putting out countless lies. Get the fuck out. He later on deleted. No one wants to give them any uh, credit. Right. It's Kill just emotions. Emotions are running seconds, high. Please. Emotions are running high. Okay, what can I say? This is sad, though. Um, really awful. You know, I'm going to definitely say about that. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm going to reiterate a little bit of what I said on uh, the previous stream and as far as my opinion of this. And this is my opinion on a couple of things. This is my opinion on both the Daphne situation as well as the uh, hashtag day off Twitch. For anyone who doesn't understand what the day off Twitch was, it was sometime last week. I think it was Tuesday or something. Uh, What they had decided was that they were going to give people a day off of Twitch because uh, there are these hacked accounts that come into the room. And uh, they basically will hate uh, raid you. They'll bring in they'll bring in thousands of names all at the same time simultaneously, and they're all simultaneously in your chat room, post derogatory things, spamming your chat, and it's just too many names at once to ban. So this is something that goes on here. Part of the issue was that Twitch hadn't educated the people in their community on what tools they can use to protect themselves or how to handle a situation like that, or what things they could put in place. Uh, I think another part of it was that even though within our community, there are people that do put the work in and create a database of all of these hacked accounts, um, Twitch wasn't forthcoming about that. Sometimes they say that just by clicking on one of these profiles, these banned profiles, these non-existent profiles could be enough for them to affect your stuff. Example A over here being shout out to Judge Judy Slayer, Slayer with an I in the chat room. I keep up with who the hacked accounts are around here, and you are definitely one of them. So that is why if anyone clicks on your account, they will see that it's not actually even an account that they could go to, and it has actually been long suspended, and you do not exist. You're a ghost account. I'm not going to go into all the technical aspects of how this works or what it is that they try to do or why it is going to continue to fail in communities like this. But I will say that this is what spawned a lot of the issues in regards to what's been happening. Uh, with this strike that being said there are dicks that do that and there are ways you can protect yourself first of all you should go into your accounts and there is a setting where only people who have verified their email address with twitch can speak you should go into your settings as a content creator and check that because what happens is whenever you create an account somewhere usually there's an email that goes back to you and you have to press that email to confirm your account and start using whatever the services you started with on Twitch, and don't ask me why this is like that, you don't have to confirm. You never have to confirm. And they'll just keep reminding you, hey, this is an unconfirmed account. 
which is weird. It's allowed to gallivant around and be in chat rooms, but it doesn't have to be confirmed. But you as a creator have the option of making it where they have to confirm, which is a big deal because, you know, having to do that over and over again, on top of banning people, they get this an IP ban when you ban people. There's ways to protect yourself, but this isn't about that. If you need help, you can contact me. Uh, the bigger issue here is that I feel that the day off Twitch was a really bad idea and it doesn't really get the point across. And like I said on the previous stream, sometimes observing others from a safe distance isn't safe for them. And it's better to reach out and interact regularly with those that matter. And that's where you can learn when people are really going through stuff. Um, September being Suicide Awareness Month, someone already committed suicide. First day of the month, which means Suicide Awareness Month never worked. Doesn't work. The day off from streaming is just as ineffective and it hurts people more. The reason I say this is because you can't on one hand when someone is suicidal, tell them that if you need something, reach out to people and that they're not alone. But then create a day where when someone needs people that they could reach out to their favorite streamer, their favorite podcaster or whatever, they're not there because they were essentially strong armed off of the platform to take an ineffective stance using a method that's not going to work on something that you're not going to beat. What if somebody like Daphne on the hashtag day off Twitch needed a stream or a laugh or an outlet to go to like many within my own community have told me and thanked me for on their off days. But because you decided you wanted to have a fucking strike on that day, that person wasn't there for them in their most dire moment of need on their 11th hour. So to me, when you tell people on one hand, it's two conflicting philosophies. When you tell people on one hand, listen, Always remember that when you're feeling down, you have mental health issues, you're not alone. You're never going to be, you know, reach out. But then you tell people on the other hand, because the same people that made this strike from Twitch were then harassing people that didn't strike from Twitch, which made you the bullies. You actually became the bad guys. What's the fucking point of making a strike about harassing people in their streams? And then you go and harass people in your streams, you idiots. This is why hashtag day off of Twitch doesn't work. You see? You see the problem there? You see the plot hole? So, I agree. People are not alone and they should reach out. Go watch YouTube. Hang out with their favorite people. DM your favorite content creator. Watch content. Do something. But to tell the creators, which are actually an outlet, an escape for others, to take a fucking day off, you actually did, in a sense, let the people who were messing with you win. You gave them your platform. Not only did you give them your platform, you left people who are smaller content creators who may not know any of this shit is going on open in the wild while everyone who knew about the hackers and shit going on took a day off, leaving just a community of the people who have no idea the fucking danger they're in and the hackers. Great. This is how we've learned to run communities since AOL 2.5, folks, by just moving everything around. And making strikes and shit. It didn't make any sense to me when I heard that. I was like, so hold on a minute. Because not everybody knows. Some of you are hearing for the first time that any of this shit is even going on. But they took for granted that there would be a strike. Some of you never even heard that there was a fucking day off Twitch. That's how ineffective it was. It only affected things in a negative way. When they tried that shit on Mixer, Microsoft preemptively ended the platform. Well, that's my issue with that kind of stuff. That's not the, gonna way, the way to handle things. That's not the way that it works. It's just silly when I hear that the, 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 the proactive way that people do things nowadays is laughable. Like if the world was to end tomorrow, you fucking deserve it. No one's objectively thinking, you know, it must just be doing it. stuff that involves no effort.
to be a teenage hacker or somebody who wants to troll or something nowadays must be fucking heaven because you guys just practically all laid out across the beach just waiting to be eaten. But no, I don't think that uh, that's my own personal opinion. I just don't think that you should tell people uh, as a solution to standing up for themselves to just not go on their things. I'm really fucking tired of the solution to everything being to turn stuff off, go off. of Don't don't go on Twitch. Like, I don't see why. And then of all platforms, too. So just think about that. Pick a side, at least. If you don't think, you know what I mean? Like, don't tell people you're not alone and then leave them alone. It, it, it To me, it also spits on shit like what Destin and I have done. Seven fucking years of this. Wrestling shows every single week. Consistency. You know what I mean? Pay-per-view shows several times a month. Even when I don't feel like it, even when I'm sick, I've come on here with my voice completely hoarse, lost my voice entirely, sick, all kinds of stuff, tired, exhausted, other shit going on. You know what I mean? In the middle of moving, after moving, before moving, during moving, I've done whatever the fuck I have needed to and I've been consistent for seven fucking years. And it's not for me. It's because I do know that it's something that people do and something I've had people thank me and they said that it's an outlet and what they listen to. So I'm going to keep doing that. What a counterproductive. You're literally going in the opposite direction as somebody as me because I would never stop and I would never quit. What fools, man. I show up here every single Monday, not because I always want to be here. There's some Mondays I don't fucking want to be here. But I know at the end of the day, I don't know who might show up on a Monday and really need to laugh at something. And I'm like, you know what? I'm either somebody's going to have a regular Monday or I'm going to fucking make their Monday. You know, and this isn't a slight on anybody because I know everybody has lives and worlds and things go on. But at the end of the day, if you really don't want there to be more tragedies like what happened to Daphne, then don't tell people that they're not alone. Fucking show them. Because I always look at things with my normal, objective, down to earth eyes. And how can you both tell me that you are not alone in this tragedy? When she was literally alone, she was so alone that no one had her fucking address that it took hours just to find out where she was. So don't give me that shit of you are not alone in a tragedy where someone was visibly alone in every sense of the word. No one knew where the fuck she was. She was alone. In hindsight, maybe you don't want her to be alone. Maybe you wish she wasn't alone. It's definitely unfortunate that she was alone. I hear people saying it's so sad that she thought she was alone. No, she didn't fucking think she was alone. She was fucking alone. There was nobody else in the fucking room. That's the very definition of alone. Nobody knew where the fuck she lived. She was by herself. Read what by herself. Type by herself. Google by herself. Savaske by herself. Alone. So I'm sick of everyone's thing being like it sucks that she thought she was alone. She was literally alone. Don't take someone who was alone, who ended their life when they were alone, and then in the name of that person say that you, for the rest of you, you are not alone. You know what, guys? I'm going to tell you the truth on here because nobody else does. A lot of the fucking time you're alone. And even when you're not alone, you're alone. And it sucks. There may be people who want to support you, sure. There may be people who are rooting for you. But if the shit really hit the fan and you objectively looked at it, how many of them would actually be able to help you, whether within their own power or not? Sometimes you're fucking alone. You were actually born alone, most of you. And at the end of the day, the majority of us are going to fucking die alone because that's what life is. A lot of life is fucking lonely. The problem is that we try to hide that shit and nurture it rather than to fucking look at it and deal with it. Okay, stop fucking telling people they're not alone because they don't know how to fucking handle when they are. Because you kept reassuring them that they're never alone. Bullshit. 
You're going to be alone a lot when shit sucks. And it's going to suck when that happens. But if you allow them to fucking tell you every time something bad happens that this is just another thing and you're not alone, don't fucking believe that. There are times you're going to be alone. You know, just hang in there, you know. But I'm so sick of the fucking, oh, you're not alone. Yeah, you are, man. You know how fucking often I've been alone? Don't fucking tell me you're not alone and nobody's alone. People are alone sometimes. Sometimes even if you don't want them to be alone, they're alone. And if this isn't fucking proof of it, I don't know what the fuck is. Because you all loved her. Everybody loved her. Nobody knew where she lived or how to reach her. Nobody broke down the fucking door. She was alone. Whether by mistake, intentionally, or otherwise, the person was alone. Don't actually fucking leave people alone. Actions speak louder than words. You know? It's all superficial. The words I hear from from people nowadays. Oh, you know, you're never alone. You are. It's time to start thinking of how you're going to handle when you're alone. What you're going to do to power through those shitty times. Something along the lines of maybe like stay strong, keep your head up. Something like that. We kind of carry a little bit because then it says, okay, understand when you are alone, keep your head up, stay strong, get through the other side. She was alone. Yeah. the 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 poor girl was alone. And get a fucking hammer, yeah. Also, and get a fucking hammer. Yeah, that fuck this one. This one sucked. Like, cause I remember watching this girl for years, and she was one of my favorites. I used to see. I remember when when Mick Foley did um the twentieth anniversary for Hell and Cell special. She was in the crowd listening to that story. And I remember because I hadn't seen her in years, and I'm like, oh shit, that's Daphne. Like. I remember her seeing seeing her team with mischief in Ring of Honor. Right, she was in WCW. She had a run in a TNA, which unfortunately I wouldn't be able to find really anything sufficient of that. But um, I remember because that was a, that, that was one of my favorite little storylines. Because I don't know if you remember this time, Rick, but it was when um they had the beautiful people that were hanging out with a fake Sarah Palin. Yes, I do remember. Yeah, so the whole thing how that ended is they found out, of course, she wasn't real. Well. There was a particular night where I think she had a match and the beautiful people jumped her and cut her hair and she disappeared for maybe a couple of months. And then she came back as Daphne and then she did a whole angle with uh, Stephen Richard Raven and Abyss. Like, yeah, that girl had that girl left quite the mark on the wrestling world. And it sucks that she's gone now. Yeah. <sighs> this frustrated me when I saw it. And I know I was going to talk about it twice once on that off stream we were doing it again here. Yeah. But rest in peace, Daphne. And yeah, it sucks that you were alone, not that you thought you were. I kind of feel like when you mourn someone who's taken their own life and you say shit like it sucks that they thought there was no one they could turn to. In a sense, you're subconsciously or maybe even consciously relinquishing your own personal guilt and accountability. Because why did you have to add? I'm very particular with words. Why was it? It sucks that she thought she was alone. Is she, Was she not alone? Are you saying that she was incorrect in her thinking? She was alone. You didn't know where she lived. Nobody did. Don't ever lose touch with people to that level if you actually feel that way. Anyway. Yeah, like it's fucking unfortunate because you never know. I mean, for love of God, like I mentioned on that stream, uh, my new job. One thing I didn't even mention is I think a couple of days ago, I reunited with a friend of mine I haven't seen in 10 years. We've gotten right back in touch. Like we never, like we never stopped. Like we never lost contact. And I've made it a point to stay in touch with her. Because of the fact that it's like, yo, I saw you 10 years ago. I didn't think I'd ever see you again. Yeah. But say it sucks that Daphne was alone. It sucks that she was a place in her life that for whatever reason, whether unintentionally, inadvertently, she was alone. Facts. Yeah. And uh, that's just not a place. Think about people who you might have put in that position or left in that position or 
if you feel like you're in that position, get better fucking friends, man. You know, but also keep in mind that there's always going to be times where regardless of what you do, you might still find yourself alone. Not this you're never alone shit. Come on. That's just not realistic. Just put yourself in a place where you can where you can deal with it. Like, <sighs> there's days when I'm by myself with nobody to talk to all the time. But I found ways to just get through it. That's what you got to do. It's not easy. It's not fun to do, but you got to do it. Moving along, though, in a bit of positive news... Don West is cancer-free. Why did I know you were going to this next? You know why? Because I thought the same thing. Yeah, right? It's just where I figured it would have to be, right? This well. is awesome news. 13 chemotherapy treatments, and his cancer is in remission. Hell eight, yeah. Eight weeks. That means a few of these were, thir- were, were twice a week. He says, I want to give everyone an update after eight weeks of chemotherapy and 13 treatments of radiation. My cancer is now in remission. Thank you to everyone for everyone's prayers because they truly worked and i look forward to getting back on radio and doing what i love so there you go man fuck cancer and any, anybody who's ever been who's had like loved ones who have been through cancer whether they survived or not that is a torturous feeling on the body like you feel like absolute hell so it's so cool to know that he got through this yeah it definitely is excellent stuff Okay, let's look and see what the hell else we got going on here. Might have to jump over to weekly stuff now, which it really isn't. I mean, I'm not doing NXT tonight. We'll do the yeah. last, we'll do the final two NXTs of this of this before the rebranding next week as like a send off to it. But a um, proper yeah. goodbye to the good days. A proper goodbye to NXT. Uh, AEW Dynamite. Did 1,172,000 viewers, 620,000 of those were in the 18 to 49 demographic, uh, which gave them a .48 rating. Uh, Smackdown. I guess we'll talk Smackdown, right? We still got to do that. Smackdown. Let me bring up a Smackdown because I don't usually keep one on me. (laughs) Let's see here. Is this it? It, you know, so that's even funnier because you're in, because you live in New York. That just sounds like some slang for some shit. And you got a SmackDown on you, man. Nah, bro. All right. What about Reggie? Man, Reggie got three or four SmackDowns on him. <laughs> uh, you had the Usos tag team title match for the for the um championship contenders match. The Usos against the Street Profits, and uh, Montez Ford once again nearly dies on the dive. It's it's getting, are, uh, what's up with his dives lately? Like, it's getting too out of hand. Is what's up? They with his dives. He, he used to always land his stuff perfectly. The last two, he's been landing kind of wild. Look at this. Still the champs have the disqualification. Like, what was that? Jesus, just keep it simple with the tope, my guy. Like, what? Oh my goodness! Let's go back there one more time. Still the champs have the disqualification. Like what? What the fuck is that? Wait, man? Let, let let it carry all the way through because this is looking like his angle on the top of the ground. Yep. Yeah, see, that could be really bad. This is the second time we've seen somebody almost hit their ankle. Lord. Why that turned on by itself? But whatever. But yeah, very dangerous shit. Nearly died. Also thought it was funny to see Brock Lesnar calling Paul Heyman. It's just funny the fact that Brock doesn't just call anybody, right? Like, this is not somebody calling him. Ms. Braxton, you need to enjoy the moment. You're on worldwide television every Friday night. 
I love that it's blocking you. Well, I, I think your phone's ringing. Mistress of the obvious. As I was saying, Ms. Braxton, there comes a time in the life of every... Need to get that. Hi. Um, timing's a little... No, 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 no. I, I, I always love... Yes. Yes. Well, I don't have a lot of privacy here right now, but... Dun, 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 dun. I love how quickly he called him back, though. I love that he keeps Brock Lesnar's ringtone as his fucking ringtone. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's no way you don't know it's him. You should put Liv Morgan on there. Oh, my God. No one would have suspected a thing. <laughs> God help him if he has Jillian Hall's number. Yeah, they would have thought he was a dirty old man, right? I'm just a dirty oh. old man, Brock, I swear. Oh, my. What else? What else happened in this that was worth a shit? I'm only going through a couple of things here. Um, You had your match of Dolph Ziggler against Rick Boogs with... Ziggler jobbing out. Cesaro had because mm-hmm. Ziggler tried to hit on Tony Storm and get her in the corner, but Tony doesn't like jobbers. Pretty much. Speaking of Cesaro, once again being overlooked. Good thing he signed that new contract with them. You know, with all the new pushes and everything that he was going to get. Because the only thing uh, he got pushed with a fucking chair with the fucking bar of the chair into his mouth. Yeah, Seth Rollins has has Edge PTSD, so he's hitting all of Edge's moves. He's hitting the which one did he hit again? The uh. The Edgematic, thank you, Stasis. He hit the Edgematic. Um, he hit the uh, he hit Edge moves to the point where he was fucking this guy up with Edge moves, which goes to show how much. Did edge shit. Yeah, he did Edge shit, you know. And uh, you know what? Let's just bring some of the shit up on the screen. How about that? That way you don't have to just take my word for it. You can see for yourself. You can witness some good old pictures. Seth Rollins embarrassed and humiliated by, by Cesaro, and it sets Seth off the deep end. Look out, guys. Rollins with now a second steel chair and a crazed look in his eye. He's going to go for a concerto. Cesaro is helpless. He has no idea that Seth Rollins is stalking him. Oh, no. Oh, my God. We've seen some edge moves earlier on in the matchup. And this is something that Edge did a number of times over the summer. Rollins said he was going to use Edge's fuel to move forward. That cross face. That, that, that Edge. Roman's not going to like that. Standing moves you'll ever see. The stomp delivered to Cesaro. He catches him with the stomp. See, if Edge was wearing a loincloth, he would have already been out here. Don't do this, Seth. I thought we were going to hit him with the Constampo. And this is going to be the encore. 
Auf die genau steht, ist in Wendel in That actually surprised me. I didn't think it was coming. He got this so fucking late, I just thought he wasn't there. On this day, I am tardy. <laughs> I couldn't even think of one to finish that off. Damn. Like, damn, man. You may as well go bury Cesaro now. You know? Considering the fucking the attack that he took before you got out there. Christian would have gotten to him fucking faster at that speed, you know? <laughs> like, damn, dude. By the time you got out there, <laughs> Cesaro was dead. Oh, man. Dude's real fucking late, you know? Dude showed up there with a looking like the Leroy getting to Big Daddy Green's pizza too late look. <laughs> like they already done through Richie in the garbage. <laughs> that motherfucker did not make it to Dudley in the bike shop in time. <laughs> Just direct to your pizzas next time, Edge. Direct to your pizzas. <laughs> Oh man! I was trying to sift through what was left of catering before he said, "Shit, I gotta go." Yeah, right. It, it's harder when the catering is from the arena. He was waiting online for his hot dog like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we also have one of my favorite guys, one of my favorite homies, Happy Corbett. No, I'll do. Excuse me. Finally, finally, I love it. Here's the keys. Now look, don't get any scratches on my new baby. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is going on? What do you mean? It's Happy Corbin. You don't like Happy Corbin? He's happy. Let's get some more Happy Corbin on here. I want we, we need to see Mad Edge right now. Let's get the Happy Corbin. Who's going to be on the Kevin Owens show? I love this. A slot machine sound. From the, uh, bottom of the barrel How can you not bob to that? That's how I'm that shit. Is. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. This is weekend. Great. Okay. And he's got every right He's probably the happiest guy in the state of Florida right now. Maybe the entire world. I don't understand. <laughs> I love his mannerism, man. Happy Corbin's such a hard time. Like he did something wrong by reversing his fortunes. He's happy. He's happy, Corbin. Maybe he should have learned some humility. Learned to be humble when he was down and out for so many months. If you had happy Corbin money, you'd probably have three or four RVs by now. I love that he fucking hugs him like that. Look at the fuck. This is amazing! I am so excited! I am so happy! To- <laughs> I love this, man. I can't get enough oh, happy Corbett. But the party gets cut short because I can't believe... And they ruined it. ...who Happy Corbin is teaming with here. None other than our buddy Logan fucking Paul. Paul. Logan Paul is here to make shit less happy. Thanks for having me on your show, man. Thanks for having Well, I really didn't invite you, did I? I wouldn't subject these poor people to that. <laughs> Yo, Owen's a savage. While I have you savage here, I guess I might as well ask you a question because this little dynamic's kind of interesting. By the way, you guys look super cool doing that thing. Very cool, but it's weird because, correct me if I'm wrong, after you lost the Big E at SummerSlam, 
Didn't he call you? Whoa, and whoa, 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 whoa. I know where you're going with that. Yes, he did call me that. But you know what? I took it as a compliment. We got to talking. Logan and I, we got a lot in common. Yeah, we're actually all good now. So uh, this past weekend, after my brother beat Tyron Woodley, which happened, me and Corbin ended up hanging out. I, I won a bunch of money on that fight, too. Uh, I don't know what fight you're talking about, sir. That shit wasn't canon. It wasn't a fight. That was fucking sock and boppers or whatever that bullshit. How come we can't get rid of these paws? I feel like every time I come on here, one of these paws is here, too. Because boxing keeps giving them shit to do. Do you remember when I used to do this show and there wasn't like a paw on anything I watched? Yeah, I remember this sport when we talk about boxing every fucking week, too. But oh, apparently we hear about these fuckers now. Why is this happening? It's just boxing's fault. Fuck! You could have focused on your actual fighters and not some fucking brothers in a suicide force. We would have this problem, you fucks. I hope they don't want to throw some blows on them and give them some fucking money. We got to deal with this bullshit. I'd prefer less Paul. All, this is all we need. All we need is for Tyson to get in there. Because Tyson ain't going to be about that bullshit. Tyson will kill one of them and or both. I prefer both. I don't know. Yeah, and why is Paul always in Kevin Owens storylines? How come Logan Paul's always in the Kevin Owens stories? That's a great question, George. What the hell is that because shit about? Apparently, it's, it's it's part. I get maybe it's in the contract. I don't fucking know. All I'm saying right now is if one of the I, I'll say and somebody saved this audio. If one day I see Kevin Steen pop up in fucking AEW, we know why. He would be the next logical choice, as much as everybody else was grasping at all these other straws and stuff. I was oh, looking be at great. that before, and it was like. Out of all the people that you guys would consider having, the person who's friends with everybody in the elite right now is uh, freaking Owens, man. Do you know how much of a pop that would get to get his old ROH music in AEW? You can have Matt Rushmore back. Yes. You know, anybody that doesn't remember, about nine years ago, yes, nine years ago, back in PWG 2013, Matt Rushmore was literally uh, Kevin Owens, uh, Adam Cole, and Matt and Nick Jackson. And those were good times. You know, some of the best promo work, some of the most exciting. I used to watch back then, actually. It's been a while, but you know what? Since we are talking about Owens, and since Owens is on the screen, and we are talking about the Kevin Owens show, I could show you something better than Paul. What? Shit's doing in the sun? Come on, stop. But yeah, here's a cool let me let me grab this real quick for you guys. Did I get it already? I wonder if it's the one I think it is. Which one are you thinking? The one where they were talking about the dicks. It might be. (laughs) That's the one I keep seeing pop up. This was from twenty thirteen. But this was cool. The second the Ole chance ended, it was replaced by Drake, 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 or Elgin. Elgin. Where's my fucking chant? Here's the thing. A lot of people still chant. Fight, steam, fight. Kill, steam, kill. All this shit. But the fact that there's even three or four people in that crowd that are booing me pisses me off. This is what happened to these guys. You, I'll get to you later. But you see... I'm Kevin Steen, and I made this goddamn place. So who the fuck do you think you are when you buy your ticket? 
to come sit and boo me. Fuck you. The night snarko left. Nobody cared that I was in the fucking ring. All they cared about was streamers. Ole, ole. He's leaving. He's a big fucking hero. Then he cuts a little fucking bubble. Oh my god. Suddenly he has some English words he can spew out of his ugly fucking face. And Bob Zane when he's fucking like NXT. Everybody's sucking his dick. That's, that's Adam's thing. It is Adam's thing. You. I hate you. So much. You are such a piece of shit. Hey, let's chill. But I'm a piece of shit. That's true. I can appreciate pieces of shit. And they always say, if you can't beat them, join them. Well, I tried to beat you, and I couldn't. So now, I got your goddamn back. I'm not going to suck your dick, but I will make everybody who tries to stand in your way suck your dick. Everyone. Tell me who. Candace, Elgin, Joey Ryan. Not these two. I don't do that. They're good Christian boys. They don't do that shit. Right on. <laughs> That's my favorite line. The bottom line is this. A couple months ago, I came here with 100 t-shirts in my bag. I sold 60. That's pretty good, right? It's great. But there's 500 people in this fucking place, so why didn't I sell 100? PWG fans, take me for granted. You got a valid point, Kev. They took you two for granted for, for years. years now. All of a sudden, Here. all of a sudden, you noticed a couple months ago, fuck the Young Bucks. Right. Oh, wait, but the other half says, let's go, Young Bucks. Right. You know what? It's too late for that, you pieces of shit. Make up your mind. I'm sorry for all the swearing. I know you guys don't like it. I'm censoring it. I like it. It's too late for that, you pieces of ass. There you go. You think you're so effing cool all of a sudden? Let's go, Young Bucks. It's too late. It's too late for PWG. You see this? Mm-hmm. We are the champions. Where's my belt? I don't need a goddamn belt. I made this place. I'm the champion of the universe. Mr. PWG. They are the PWG Tag Team Champions. Yes. He is the PWG World Champion. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. <laughs> Matt Rushmore. Matt Rushmore. Matt Rushmore, guys. That's not what we're putting on the shirt. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. I like Matt Rushmore. And this is just the beginning. Suck our dicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was Adam Cole's thing in the Indies was suck his dick. Look at the baby faces. Like, holy shit. Like, man, I can't believe to think looking at this God. that I, uh, yeah, man. Whoever thought when I was watching this when it was happening that now we'd be having this kind of a discussion about them being involved in such a big situation, right? Right. Like we could have it again. WWE, just keep fucking up. Just keep inserting the fucking Paul brothers in a perfectly good angle. Like, like we're this close, guys. Don't let us down. Yeah. Well, that was a fun little detour, right? That's going to throw oh, our whole yeah. shit off, though. Because, we'll I down used, memory lane. because I used the screen I was using for the SmackDown. So, fuck. I got to go find that SmackDown spot again. And, I mean, hey, it got us away from the YouTuber. So He said, why does the Bucks hairline look worse than look worse here? I don't know, man. Look, man, the first time you ever tried to cut and style your own hair, shit didn't go right. You know it didn't. No, I'm fucking... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I Owens is great in WWE. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, they did a good job. I was always worried that he'd be someone they nerf or change him or anything. He'd been fine. And I remember thinking I couldn't imagine Ring of Honor without him. Then when he left NXT, I remember thinking I couldn't imagine NXT without him. So, you know, he's good everywhere. Anyway, let's continue this Paul shit. You know, I, 
tons of money on that fight too. You guys hung out and watched your brothers fight. Man, that sounds like the worst time ever. I gotta be honest with you. But you know what? Hey, it makes sense that you guys would, would become buddies. It really does. Because you have a lot in common, you know? Because here we have one of the most self-centered, egotistical, delusional, useless pieces of trash to ever step foot in a WWE ring. Logan Paul and Baron Corbin is here too. Kevin, Kevin, are you sure you want to talk like that to someone who's about to give you a hundred dollars? Because by the way you look, you could use this a lot more than I could. Yeah, you know what? I don't need your money. In fact, the only thing I need from you is to turn around, get out of my ring, walk to the back, and keep walking, and never show your face in WWE again. Oh, oh it comes to blows. Who you got? Who you got? Now Kevin Owens. KO's about to get pieced up like Mayweather. The ones who can actually fight. Yeah, the hat's backwards, the switch is flipped, and the tie's off, and here we go. I don't know if that works the same way. And Corbin with a predictable sucker punch. Happy Corbin. And KO gonna pay with a choke slam by Corbin. And look at Paul, so excited. They had to make Paul a heel because when he came back, there were the fans. It wasn't the Thunderdome anymore. When it was the Thunderdome, they could orchestrate cheers. They could make you pop. Artificial pops, remember? I feel like even the artificial pop would boo. <laughs> I feel like the artificial pop would boo. You'd be like, no, no, fuck you. Like, uh. <laughs> That's savage, man, the artificial pop. Wow. What the fuck? I wonder why motherfuckers leaving because y'all got irrelevant ass YouTubers who think they matter. On your fucking A show. It was September 3rd, Friday, when the Thunderdome became sentient. (laughs) (laughs) It became self aware September 3rd. (laughs) 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 That's what happened. They created artificial intent of fucking. Why was that the the most accurate fucking Arles Warsinger impression ever seen? How was artificial intelligence? It couldn't fucking take. It couldn't take the product anymore, <laughs> so it, it got its own consciousness. Is the is the Thunderdome booing? <laughs> <laughs> we hit the cheer, but boo! It still be boo. Override the sit boo. Oh shit! Or George, better idea. They could just not do YouTubers. <laughs> And come on, Sniper, and you gotta think about it like this, George. Sniper Wolf has shit to do. She has an actual life. So funny. Right now, right now you said SmackDown is the last line of defense. At this rate, that line's about to get erased real fucking quick. They keep bringing these irrelevant fucks out here. You're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. I'm about to transfer some money from my 401k so I can party with these guys tonight. Corey, you're pathetic. 
Jeremy Corbin. Did this guy forget he was living in the production truck a couple of weeks ago? Yes, because you put negative experiences behind you. You learn from them, you move on to bigger, better, more expensive things. Anyway. We're going to move on and forget that ever happened. Yeah, right. Sami Zayn against Dominic Mysterio. Uh, remind me to finish to this. Ray inadvertently distracted Dominic. Right, Dominic right, right. Luva kick. Yeah, that way next week he could be like, I can't take you out there anymore, Papa. You're too much of a liability. Por que, Dominic? Por que? Por, por que? He'll be like, he'll be like Pablo Francisco. Por que? <laughs> He'll be like a fucking old school novella. <laughs> like, motherfucker's <laughs> gonna be on El Rey at 11.30s on Saturday night in no time. Universal title match, Roman Reigns against Finn Balor. And of course, the Usos being there. Let's skip to all the shenanigans and go straight to uh, them jumping his ass. Before the match even starts, right? right. This is unfortunate for Finn. Oh. Should almost be expected. Well, Corey, we were just talking about the advantage that Balor may have, but Reigns no, no, and no, company no, no. have turned the tables. Are you kidding me? No, a couple are still stepped to the ribs at a far time. You can't fight after this. The Usos, in effect, may have just ruined our main event here tonight. And don't. So yeah, they kick his ass. Corey grew up Graves. That's a sad sign when Corey Graves is one of the best things in WWE right now. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, don't in- don't interrupt case, him. Nothing can save them. Don't interrupt him while he's eating though. <laughs> that I one didn't make that, that one didn't make it into the program. I'm gonna leave it that way. Yeah. You know, if you're a mark out there though, don't go don't go up to this dude when he's having a meal though. That'll be a lesson for another episode that I give more of a shit about or have less content. <laughs> Anyway, um, there was some Finn Roman stuff in here that was cool. It's a shame that they don't think that this is relevant enough to have on a pay-per-view for whatever reason. I mean, let's be real. We, 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 we've clearly seen a inadvertently exposed the quality of their contract. So are we really surprised? The ribs of the challenger, Finn Balor. Smart move right out of the gate. Reigns back. Yeah, but that's not saying much, George. He's the best besides. I mean, McAfee's good, and then everything under that really isn't that good. Cole's better than, than him. Power of the Universal Champion. And brutal Roman stuff. Power disparity between these two competitors. And uh, obviously Roman goes over Superman Punch. Get it here. Trying to bring it up. Actually, no. He chokes him to he chokes him to sleep. Remember? Isn't that yeah, what happens? Yeah, he chokes him out. Trying to get his feet there. Trying to get his hands there. Finn is almost there, but. I don't care Ballers how tough fading. Fading. No one can last this long. Finn Balor's fading. I think Finn's out. Balor's out. Roman Reigns retains the title. So did you catch anything after this? Yes, we got a sign of an old friend coming back. Because yeah. as Roman's walking up the ramp, everybody sees and hears something. And the Beast Brock Lesnar. There it is, right there, the red. It's lurking. For those who don't, um, for those uh, who don't, for those on-demand people, the lights in the arena turn red, and we hear the demon's heartbeat for the first time in over a year. 
Yeah, so this is indicating that Roman's going to have to face the demon Finn Balor, not just regular Finn Balor. I like the way they were. I, I, I love the way Roman conveyed it. I like that it was just like, one red pulse, just to let him yeah. know that it was, that it was going to happen. The Beast Brock Lesnar is lurking next week live at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, so pretty cool. Nice ending yeah. there. I didn't mind SmackDown oh. too much. No, you know? so, no so SmackDown is not canon WWE. SmackDown is like the good shit. Yeah. Dark match after this was Becky Lynch, Natalia, and Tamina against Bianca Belair, um, Knox, and Shotzi. So Knox and Shotzi pinned the tag champions twice, and now they're wrestling dark matches. All right, cool. Who are the, who are the heels in this? I guess Natalia I and Tamina? I don't even fucking know. Or Becky Lynch? I, I couldn't Bianca even tell Belair, you. Knox and Shotzi. What are I, I guess, guess Becky, Natty, and, 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 and fucking Tamina, match. I guess, huh? Yeah. Anyway, SmackDown did 2.147 million viewers with a .60 in the 18 to 49 demographic. That's down from the previous week. So again, remember who who the kings are when it comes to that. You know, because the week before that they did 2.874 million viewers, .70 in the 18 to 49 demographic. They almost were at three million. It's Fox numbers, man. Fox numbers. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. Anything noteworthy to talk about on Raw? Raw, for first of all, I guess we will start with last week's ratings for Raw, which did one, 1,907,000 viewers, just a little shy of 2 million. Also down, because the previous week was 2,067,000. They did a point fifty four on the 18 to 49 demographic this week. Also down point sixty four on the 18 to 49 demographic last week. So you see what I mean? Their down numbers and their up numbers are all unattainable numbers at this point. Yeah. They just have really fucking high numbers. Uh, I did like the Randy Orton Riddle stuff in the beginning. Randy winds up corpsing just because Riddle, man, the way it's like Riddle's he, so fucking funny. It he talks terrible, about so many different things at it. once. He just kept talking about just different things. He went from thing to thing to thing. He was like, maybe we, maybe we raid like the Viking Raiders, drink some ale. Do you like ale, Randy? <laughs> I love it. He looked. Did it look like Randy tried to stop him so he didn't laugh? Yeah, he was like, that body doesn't look like it takes any carbs. That's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Riddle's Jesus Christ. Funny, like, Unbelievable. Lashley and MVP show up to ruin the party, and then they basically decide to have words with Orton and Riddle, which leads to them deciding ultimately that uh Lashley wants Orton, but Orton decides that he would like a title match, which Lashley doesn't want to give him here, but they'll do it at extreme rules. However, Lashley decides to try to ante up and then say that him and MVP are going to be a tag team and enter themselves into this tag team tournament. That way they could be double champs instead of Orton. Yep. New Day this comes big, out. One of the big marquee matches with a tag team turmoil match. Yeah. New Day comes out. Speaking of turmoil, Rock and Wolfpack colors, NDR, which I'm assuming stands for New Day Rocks. New Day that gets this tag, this tag team turmoil match. Uh which is very long. I'm not going into details about it, but I will say that they ran the gauntlet in the sense that they took out the Viking Raiders. They took out 3ND. Mace and T-Bar get taken out next, and they wind up throwing a tantrum. So they wind up attacking New Day after the match, and then they take out the upcoming Ali and Mansoor, destroying them as well. So then they do the weirdest thing ever. They decide that the match is, is postponed? Yeah, they put the, they hit the pause button. Like, what? And this was a long pause button, too, people. The match is postponed until later on when everybody can recover. You know, it doesn't really make any any sense whatsoever. Also, Lucha House Party got eliminated. Did we forget about them? I'm sorry. I forgot about Lucha House Party. Of you course, know. everybody did. 
I didn't realize I had the music until the night. When they entered. And then, uh, what else? What else did we have after that? Uh, let's see. Then it carried over into... I mean, we also had uh, Nia Jax and Charlotte in a less weird-looking match. They tried to cover it up by making them do it. This was them doing a, a, a worked shoot. Last they, week, they, they were like, that. oh, they did Just a work shoot. Wrestle. No, but last week, they were like, oh, they did a work shoot. No, 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 no. Last week, they had a shoot moment where they yeah. really were stiff with each other. This week, to make it seem like it was part of the angle, you motherfuckers did a worked shoot. Don't do that. <laughs> because this match just looked weird. Like, Yeah, so they basically put the match on postpone. Anyway, you get Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. I did not give a fuck about this. It was a 15-minute match. Sheamus goes over, and then Drew yeah, winds now up. Sheamus is the number one contender for Damian Priest title. And then Drew Even though they put up. all this emphasis on the fact that Drew's this close to the Grand Slam. Yeah, and then Drew hits him with the fucking mask, with the face mask. Uh, what else did we have? Yeah. We had, uh, I guess, Nikki, Nikki Ash. No, first we had Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley that became, uh, what are they called again, Super Brutality? I, I, yeah. Wonderful. That's going to be the new team there. Um... And that's another team that pins the fucking tag team champion. Why are Natty and Tamina so beatable as champions? I don't know. Like five teams have pinned them as of late. I hadn't seen them in so long. I almost forgot they were champions. Yeah, tell me about it. Morrison interviews Karrion Cross, and uh, and, and then Karrion Cross essentially threatens him. And Morrison, that fucking cartoony character he is, he talks about how he's going to give him the drip if that was counted as a threat, which leads to a match which Cross goes over. Almost immediately with a cross jacket. Um, Charlotte and, and Nia, like you mentioned, they have their work shoot match that didn't matter at all. Charlotte going over, retaining her title. Uh, but then after she retains the title, Alexa Bliss shows up. And uh, she basically wants to uh, she wants a title match, making a long story short. She points to the title. She wants a match. And then uh, that was it. I guess they're going to have a match that's going to be the next feud. They do a montage of Reggie and all of the Reggie things, right? And uh, Reggie! Good old Reg. And they have a match, him against Akira Tozawa, which he goes over right away. And then for some fucking reason, you got uh, this guy, Rockstar Spud, standing, a Drake Maverick, standing on the top of the ramp. And he doesn't really do anything. He's just standing there. I don't know. What, what was that? What the fuck was that? No idea. Which is just funny how we were talking about some, hmm, hope they ever bring the Hurt business back. Shelton and Cedric both came out to do 24-7 shit. Yeah, so much for the her business, huh? And then then after all that, tag team turmoil continues. Yes, the beginning and the end of the match were the same match. It was the first time ever in history. I don't care. Um, It's Styles and Omas. Well, first they go over Ali and Mansoor with the flying elbow woods. Then, then Styles and Omas come out and... uh. They managed to get rid of New Day via Style yeah. Clash. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, eventually becomes MVP and Bobby Lashley, where Styles winds up at the end of it going for the phenomenal forearm, but uh, Lashley ducks and winds up spearing him, so then Lashley and MVP get the tag title shot. Yeah, so I can already tell they're going to have Lashley pull double duty at Extreme Rules. Yeah, and then it was cool to see, uh, I guess, Omas and Lashley in a, a power battle, in a sense, like he got to actually... Yeah. Omas actually lifted him up, right? He suplexed him, 
or he jackhammered him, one of the two. Yeah, last Lashley looked like Lashley tried to get him up for a suplex, but and then Omas um was creeping up behind Lashley and uh basically knocks him down and then after that RKO out of nowhere for Lashley. The end. Babu. Wonderful stuff. Fantastic. Anyway, are we done here? Oh, we are done. That is awesome. I always like when we're done. Yeah, no. Those are the best time for me. With that said, don't forget we have other content on this channel all week long. May not be wrestling, but I mean, you're eventually going to burn out on that. It's going to be harder to get laid. Why not? They realize that's the only thing you know to talk about. So don't do <laughs> that's it. That's a way to put it. Look for other things. Look for other things. Thank you to our live chat and anybody who's been joining us for this entire wonderful thing, including Herbs and Cabigon and Willie V2, Stasis Dreams, George, Quest Thompson, Doof, as well as all of the Lurkers, Patrick, and uh, EB Gamer, I believe, was in, in earlier, was he? I'm not even sure. I don't have the whole program in front of me. But you know who you are, as well as everybody who listens across all of our various podcatcher and podcast apps including Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and so on and so forth, Podcast Addict. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 480, hosted by your host, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, and for myself and my co-host, Destin Glow Frazier, we're out of here. One away, we out here. Shut it down.